everybody. Welcome to another episode of Next Planet Over. This episode, we'll be discussing the 25th anniversary of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We're discussing the movie, the comics, the, the series, the spinoffs, and, uh, and pretty much everything else that I've probably forgotten by now. Oh, the soundtrack. The soundtrack. we got to tell you the soundtrack from the movie. Um, I'm your host, Michael. On this episode, I have guests in the place instead of on the speaker. What? That's crazy. Introduce yourselves. You can just call me Pike, or Spike, or Buffy. I don't know. Maybe Pike. Let's go with Pike. All right, weirdo. What, what was the Buffy part about? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's filling feminine today. <laughs> uh, Scott and Mindy are here, and we're going, to discuss, <laughs> we're going to be discussing, obviously, 25 years of basically the Whedonverse. It's weird that they say the Whedonverse, though, because Firefly and uh, Dollhouse aren't part of it, just because I guess it's his creative mind. But he's the only person I know that they've ever attributed that to. They haven't done that to like the Stan Lee verse, uh, <laughs> the um, the John Carpenter verse. You know, I just, yeah, that's weird. He's the only creator I know where they do that. But um, well, let's go back to the beginning. And uh, do you remember going to the theater and seeing the movie? Oh yeah, we were like the only people ever <laughs> saw the movie, <laughs> like after theater. It was opening weekend, and I think there was like eight people there. You remember the two stupid teenagers in front of us that went shut up? They kept talking about Luke Perry. Oh, and you were yeah. getting really irritated, yeah, like, God damn it, just shut up already. Yeah, I do remember. That's the only reason why they went to see it, because Luke Perry was in it. And to be fair, I don't think that it would have been greenlit if Luke Perry had not signed on. Yeah, probably not. And I remember MTV saying, like, you know, they were kind of hoping that was going to be a big hit. They remember that special where they premiered the video by CNC Music Factory 2.0? Man, I really like that song, but I don't remember that either. Sorry, I think I have a tendency to black out like a bunch of stuff in life, really blurred out. Uh, I don't remember that. There, uh, yeah, there was a special where it was basically hosted by Luke Perry and Kirsty Swanson, and uh, they were kind of giving details on. I, I can't believe they devoted a whole half hour to it. What do you do for a half hour? You show the trailer, you show the music video, and you're like, go see it. I mean, it should be like a, a five minute thing at most. But no, I think they just talk about the cast and you know the making of the movie and stuff like that. And, then and they, they broke down all the dance sequences. They love <laughs> interviewing celebrities. I'm sure they like I, just ask them questions, right? And I don't remember. I mean, I can't imagine Roger Howard looking at them going to TV. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think he'd have time for that crap. No, and of course Paul Rubens was still kind of like. Um, uh, Blackmail? Blackball. Blackball. Yeah. Blackball. Uh, the reason, um, me and my friend Tony were going to go see Buffy the Vampire Slayer until that whole thing happened, and he was like, oh, Paul Rubens is in it? No, no, of course, they never refer to him as Paul Rubens. They always say Pee Wee. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to go see that movie. That guy's a fag. And I was like, why what? do you think he's a fag? He's, like, he's masturbating in a theater. I was like, it's his own penis, not someone else's penis. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Wasn't he even in the bathroom? It wasn't even in the theater. I think it was in the theater. I don't know, but... But I mean, if really, if that's the worst thing, like, it was a bathroom in the theater. It's an, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's not like he's a pedophile or something. No, well, there's been a weird thing with the paintings, but that's about it. Uh, I don't yeah. know. Um, but that's where he, he didn't want to go see, and he's like, I want to go see Cool World. And I know a lot of people <laughs> were like, cool You to, like Cool World? Cool World? No, it's shit. Cool World is a piece. Why would you think I like Cool World? Oh, I thought you did. No, it was a giant piece of shit. Oh, okay. Me and Jacob watched it for an episode bad. of Back in Tunes earlier this year, and we're both like, God, this is horrible. My bad, sorry. Yeah, it's, uh, no. Um, no, you know what? I think I get confused because you like that one with Brendan Fraser. Monkey Bone. Yes. Monkey Bone. Monkey Bone's great. Okay. Highly underrated. My bad. Uh, 
and I remember, like, I think both got wiped out by League of Their Own, which had opened, like, a week earlier. And rightfully so, the movie still holds up. But Buffy the Vampire Slayer is one of those, like, we talked about it a lot. We're, like, really hyped up when it came out on video. And yeah. we finally found an audience. I didn't see it until it came out on VHS, and I got it from my local video store. Five dollars, <laughs> five movies, five days. <laughs> I, I, we have a copy of it now on DVD. Yes. Well, I think about the cast in it that went on to big things and two stars kind of within five years Percy Swanson and Luke Perry are barely even two we just watched him on Riverdale Luke Perry is on Riverdale and he's good he's Archie's daddy okay Uh, but then you have like Hilary Swank (laughs) next to be next karate kid David Arquette you know he would blow up after that and um, he was really good uh, there's someone else in that Uh, they're really Oh, uh, Breckin Meyer. What's the first it? thing I ever saw Breckin Meyer in. For some reason in my head, I have Tom Jane was in it. Tom, he is in it. Yes. He's in a very small part in it. He is the yes. gas station attendant. Luke Perry's like, I'm getting out of town, man. You better head for, you know, cover. He's like, whatever. I gotta wear the change. I don't know. That I am <laughs> proud that I can maintain my street cred by yeah. knowing that. Yeah, I, I think there's a couple other names in there that went on to bigger things, but it's kind of funny how all the main cast disappeared almost instantly in all the smaller parts. They started getting like serious roles. And... I feel like, is it Christy or Kirsty? I think it's Christy. I don't know. I get confused. This okay, so is it Christy Alley? Kirsty, right? It's Kirsty. Kirsty. Yeah. Is it Christy Swanson? I always said Christy. I think yeah. it's Christy. The most recent thing we have seen her on that I can think of is she did a couple seasons of Psych towards the end. Oh, nice. I didn't know she was still acting. Um, but, I mean, that's still been a while since that show ended, but... I know that she was in Ferris Bueller. That was the first thing I saw her in, but she didn't register until oh, I saw yeah. her in Deadly Friend. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I definitely remember Have that. you seen this? No. <laughs> Deadly Friend is a really shitty okay. Wes Craven film that he made after Nightmare on Elm Street, where uh, the kid from... Um, Wowhouse. Matthew Labardo or something like that. Oh. But uh, he's like this nerdy kid who's really good with computers. And he has an extra neighbor, Kirsty Swanson, who has an abusive father who accidentally kills her. Oh. And he takes a computer chip from his robot, baby, um, which looks like a giant duck, basically. And it takes the computer <laughs> chips and puts it into Kirsty Swanson's brain and revives her. And the whole time she's slowly just. She like, had a port for that? Yeah, you can ride <laughs> <laughs> How did that, that doesn't work? That's the stupidest thing. Why just jab it right in the brainstem. How is it that Wes Craven's so tone deaf with this? He chose Nightmare on Elm Street that really triggered something, you know? Like, it became a massive phenomenon. Haunted me. I did not yeah. want to sleep ever again. Yeah, and then he's like, I like robots. <laughs> I like it a robot. I want to see someone's head explode I feel like we should revisit that movie and then also maybe, like, My Boyfriend's Back and a yeah. couple weird things. I watched My Boyfriend's Back kind of recently. Is in Buffy? The one who's in the star of My Boyfriend's Back? I'm pretty sure he's in Buffy yes. as Randall Bandikoff's best friend. Yes, I believe so. And it comes full circle. Yes. <laughs> Randall Bandikoff, the last thing I remember him in was like a movie about Hugh Hefner. I, I do remember that. I think I saw I him on something else recently. But Whatever. Uh, I remember the soundtrack. We listened to that thing over and over and over. Of course, there's the Keep It Coming, Dance You Can't Dance No More. But I remember Party With The Animals by Ozzy. Um, and they I had, touch myself was on there. Not, not, was that one? No, 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 no. Oh. It was another one by her. What's her name? Lisa Stansfield. Or something? No, no, it was the Divinals. <laughs> Sorry, uh, there, was a, there was a Lisa Stanfield song on there, I think too. But it's the first time I had heard "Toe the Wet Sprocket" and uh, oh. Matthew Sweet. Oh, Matthew Sweet! How I love thee. And and 
the TV show they brought in Nerf Herder, and I think at the time they only had that one hit. Um, popular? Didn't they sing that one? Uh, popular. Popular. I don't know. <laughs> I drive a hot car. I'm oh. popular. <laughs> My girlfriend's a catch. I don't know, something like uh, that. But I don't remember that one. <laughs> but it's, it's funny. That's one of the first. I was thinking of the Wicked song. <laughs> usually at that time, all these shows would have like certain style of either Mike Post, you know, doing yeah. every single soundtrack, yeah. or it was like the shitty family sitcom of the songs. Ugh. Some people love them. Some some people don't. Um, it was like wordless, and that kind of set a trend. I think like Alias, you know, and, and those shows picked that up. And do you know any random noises? Yeah. Do you know any theme songs at all now? I can't think of anything except maybe Curb Your Enthusiasm, but that's an old show. It just happens to still be on. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Gilmore not, Girls, not, like, but that's a real song. That's a real song. It's yeah. not Kids like... shows like Doug. Oh yeah. Yeah, but that, that's not new. But I'm saying like in the last decade, I can't think of a single theme song. It's just bugging me. And now, pretty much, they're all like yeah. just music. Is what yeah, it's saying. just like yeah. really short, and then they show the opening credits during the first scene. So it's just kind of like move, 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 move. I think of... I feel like some some if they had words, they like eventually moved to cutting out the words and shortening the songs. Yeah, I love the theme song to Psych. That's, that's so, yeah, that might be the last favorites. one we Chuck, can think of. Chuck uses a song, but it, it remodified it. Like the creator of Psych wrote the song and I think performs it. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, it's amazing. It wasn't written by Alan Thicke. Master of theme songs. Oh my god. Okay, we're getting really. Yes, we are. Well, it's this kind of how we go with the show. I know. It's hotter than hell here, by the way, and I'm pretty sure there's a hell mouth underneath us. I think so. That explains so much. Yes, it would. The master is about to rise up. First season. Uh, the, the show just out of nowhere, come, you know, like we were surprised. Like we had heard like, about like the week before, and this is when the WB had nothing, just Seventh Heaven and the Wayans Brothers, and it was just propped up by like you know the shows that would last like one season. They didn't have anything anybody was talking about. I'm pretty sure the only reason why people watched the WB was for like the Frog commercial. Oh uh, uh, yeah, the WB. And then we watched UPN. <laughs> I was like, uh, no. what's on UPN Star Trek? What else? Uh, uh, I, I don't know. Five years later, Buffy Roswell. <laughs> I think on the UPN was that show with Pamela Anderson. No, that was syndicated. VIP. Cleopatra, something something. Cle- those Cleopatra are all. Those yeah, are all syndicated. Syndicate yeah, just all syndicated. Well, UPN was syndicated to. Well, then you then fine. Yeah, it's hard Nothing. to tell. The whole thing was yeah, but until they got Buffy later, but that's when they started picking up like the cool sci-fi shows, especially Unit Two. Um, Son of a beach. <laughs> that was, <that> was FX. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> We're gonna get it. Um, so the show comes out of nowhere, and I didn't know what to expect because most TV mm. show adaptions of a movies are, are just terrible. And I really think they did a good job with the first episode, but comparison to the rest, that whole first season's kind of like, ooh. I don't know. The first season's tough, but, you know, now you know that it's closer to, to the vision of Joss Whedon, obviously, because this was became his project instead of sort of writing a script and then being screwed over. <laughs> you know, um, I don't have a huge problem with the movie, and I never really, oh, know, I forgot, Stephen Root. That was the other thing I was thinking of. Like, this person I ever saw Stephen Root. You know, I don't, I don't think, I don't have a problem with the movie either. For some reason, I can kind of keep them separate in my brain. But the show is more serious. I mean, it's still comedic and it still has elements, but I it starts think, off silly with all the one-liners in the first season. I, yeah, and just the movie that was. Just, mouth. <laughs> uh, 
Not you. No, no, it was in the movie. Was, oh, I wiped yes, my mouth. You had Kool-Aid mouth. No, wow. um, you did have popsicle. I don't know. Whatever. Um, and I had a Gatorade bottle. No, uh, the the way that specifically Buffy is portrayed portrayed is like and her relationship with her mom, or you know that really changed. She was just such a vapid airhead, and you're just. I mean, she had some great lines in the movie, but I'm just like, you're so much of a valley girl, it makes me hurt inside. Yeah, I thought that was just kind of the journey, because as the movie goes on, she changes. Is that but, just uh, what it is? She just matures? Well, he said he had a huge problem with Donald Sutherland, because he was playing it, like, tongue-in-cheek, and I'm like, it sounds fine. The only part that was kind of weird is when he, right before he throws a knife, he does this thing with his mustache. Mm-hmm. You remember <laughs> But I thought he was great. I uh, like Paul, Donald Sutherland. I think it's funny that he bitches about Donald Sutherland, but he never says anything about Roger Howard just hamming it up. And Paul Rubens, like, <laughs> 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 I love that. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's I the guess best death ever. Somehow, somehow it's still like, uh, you know, it, it's respecting his vision, but it and it sort of does, you know, of course, allude to the movie, but there's a definite disconnect in the vibe I guess yeah. and that's not necessarily a bad thing no uh, first season of course it's like, it's like a lot of those monster shows it starts off as freak of the week yeah. which I think is actually the wrong thing to do I know they do that because people are catching episodes as the season progresses and they're trying to build their audience yeah and if they miss an episode they don't want to be totally lost yeah and, and but that's why I actually ditch shows because they repeat that formula over and over Smallville was a show that freak should the not week. have lasted 10 weeks <laughs> 10 seasons if you had taken all the freak of the week shit that was useless the first couple seasons it would have been four seasons long I mean I really do think that it's not it's not just you know the monster sci-fi type shows that have most have a week first season most shows have a week first season yeah. for a lot of reasons a lot of it's like budget and they won't you know True. you know for for effects and fight sequences and 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 you know i mean the show started in what like 96 or 97 you know i mean it definitely improved over time they'm sure they got a bigger budget but yeah. also just like god Damn, like the fight sequences by like season four, you're just like, shit, this is like miles past season yeah. one. Well, I mean, I think the first season was shot on Super 16, which oh, is yeah. really low grade film quality, and then they eventually went to 35, mm-hmm. I think, a season later, and you know, the special effects, the tran- the, the, the blast or whatever. Yeah. By the way, isn't it kind of interesting that Buffy started that trend, but no one ever gives her credit because you see a lot of vampire especially Blade. Mm-hmm. Blade picks that up, that kind of instead of just, you know, it the quick dust. Oh, right. oh the yeah, the dust. dusting. Yeah, and, which explains a lot of why it is in vampire movies. There's never any evidence. Yeah, you don't find the corpse of the body. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, well, sun will be up in six hours. You want to play a uh, picture? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You think like once it's dead, it would just dust. You wouldn't have to wait for uh, the sun to burn the body. Yeah, but all the old vampire movies, they always had to do that. It was like we got them. Um, Heading, maybe? Mm-hmm. I got good clothes on. I don't want to get that on me. It's disgusting. Throw them in the fire. Yeah. Uh, first season is the master. Um, actually, not that bad of a villain. And he was. I think it was pretty funny. And uh, he was gross to look at those fingernails. I was like, ah, uh, get him anti-petty. <laughs> he kind of reminded me of the leech monster in X-Files. <laughs> I think. I think you like you were saying with the freak of the week. But as the show progresses, you get like emotional depth of characters and you like start to really care about the cast. I mean, they're still freak of the weeks, but the I mean, but there's the overlying, you know, ar- seasonal arc. 
yeah. that, that changes. But I think, you know, just like most shows are trying to figure out who they, what they are, who their audience is, like, figure out their characters and what's their, like, strengths and weaknesses. And, yeah, I mean, the first season is a little tough compared to the rest. Right. But, um... Compared to some shows, it's still pretty I had pretty to power masterful. through it just like I powered through the first season of The Office. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The first, first season, season a lot, a lot of stuff. The greasy hair, Michael Scott, where he's just it was like... It painful. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's as bad as the British version. Um, uh, the second season is the one that I get lost on, because I know like the first half is about Angel's... You know, they, they sleep Origins and changes. Or yeah. Who is the villain? Is Angel the villain? I think Angel half? is the villain. I can't remember. For some reason, I thought it was Spike. Because uh, well, well, Spike Valeria, at no. some point she, starts. Still, yeah, I think it's a little bit of a bit of both. Like yeah. they introduce Spike, and then Angel I'm, is good for a time, and then once he, you know, obviously becomes Angelus, yeah, it becomes chaos, and he becomes the biggest bad. Because you then ever there's all three with. of them together. Okay, that's right. That's right. So it's there definitely are the villains, but then they all three triple threat. They pair up or whatever. And then, isn't there some kind of like guy with the arm? And uh, I forget what his name is. I don't remember that part. I'll figure. But it this out. is when the show really became that water cooler show. Not just call following. It helped that Dawson's Creek had premiered before it. Everybody was talking about Dawson's Ooh, Creek. Dawson. Uh, and uh, thankfully, Joss Whedon was just like hitting it right on point just as Dawson's Creek premiered because that's when he started to do the story about him, you know, uh, Angel and Buffy sleeping together. And started mixing in the metaphors, you know, like, you know, sleep with a guy and he changes who he is. He just wanted sex from you and he becomes a whole different person. <laughs> and, all that. And, and he was really uh, in tone what it was like to be a teenager. I'm sure that he was a frustrated teenager. We all had, But he was able to get those frustrations out. And his characters didn't Creed. talk like college professors. Right. A dad drove me nuts about Dawson's Creek. I've seen every single episode of that show. I don't know why. But I tried watching a rerun of the first episode and I go, oh, I hate these kids. Uh, we watched the whole thing. I've seen it three times. It was <laughs> absurd the way they spoke. Yeah, nobody talks like that. It's ridiculous. Uh, season three is the principal turning into the giant snake monster, correct? And that's when she finally graduates. Uh-huh. I think that's the hell, yeah, with the hell mouth finally goes full hell mouth yeah. Yeah, and yeah. just destroy the high school for the first time. I think it's funny the special effects on the snake monster or whatever he is. The oh yeah, girl. that's uh, some, some like, bad. Oh, that's some Hercules. Looking shit back on it now, it's like whoa. <laughs> WB's like that's all our budget. Oh my god. Hey, Xena, Princess Warrior. I do want to also bring up the fact that I season isn't season two when they did they bring in Oz in season one or not till season two? I know he's not in uh, one. I actually thought he didn't get introduced till three. No, he's in season two. There, you know, there's a Buffy fan out there right now just screaming at you. Sons of season two. You have the right to talk about this. Oz, Oz was a, a great character. I really enjoyed Oz, his time yeah. on the show. And, and I think the, really the only reason he left wasn't because his story was done. It's because, you know, he had the big time that year with uh, Austin Powers. Time for uh, some uh, movie money. Yeah. Bum, bum. I, it's weird, though. Look at it without a paddle. Oh, the breaking yeah. point for three of those actors. That was a big hit. And yet that was after, a good movie. After that, the three actors just kind of yeah. like Dex Shepard. Scooby Doo. Yeah, Dex <laughs> Shepard was the nobody, and he became somebody. And then Seth Green's like on TV, and uh, Seth Green's Matthew like Matthew Willard. Time to start doing voice work. Yeah, yeah. Ma- Matthew Willard came around later, like 
in, in re kind of recent years to do some stuff that I was really surprised and impressed by. Yeah. Like, I was like, wait, you still act like he was in the... You're not Shaggy? He anymore. was in The Descendants, that movie with, really? um, with Clooney? George Clooney. And yeah. it was, he was really good. It was very... Serious role. And just so you know, the guy I'm referring to in season two with the weird arm was the judge. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Brian Thompson. Yeah, that was yeah. the other baddie in that. But I think that the Spike Angel Drusilla thing, uh, they brought him t into being and then realized he was more powerful than them. Uh, so season three, you know, she finally graduates. She goes off to college. Now season four seems to be a much hated season, but I actually really enjoyed. it. I thought Adam was a great villain. Yeah, no, season four is okay. Yeah, but most of the time I, when you hear people talk about it, it's like this. Season four is Dear kind of bad. The coasting one, and in Oz leaving four, Oz leaving five. But I think he leaves in four when Willow finally comes out of the closet. No, she doesn't come out in the from the closet in season four. It's not until after he leaves in season four that That's she right. in season five she join she meets. Well, well, doesn't she have a whole conversation with them about how she she's into someone else, but she doesn't reveal who it is? Uh, I suck at this. And then, and then he's like, he's like, oh, you have feelings for someone else, peace. And he just bounces and never yeah. comes back. Even though he was all Veruca, whatever, whatever, werewolf girl. Yeah, yeah I think that was part of it too. You know, I have to shoot, can't hardly wait. <laughs> exactly. Which is one of the best movies of all time. It is. Can't hardly wait. So underrated. Uh, my co-host on video night, Andrew, hates that movie. He oh, I love that movie. I know, right? And it's just like a, a another movie we saw at the theater. Yes, because we knew. It's like can't hardly wait and ten things about. Uh, I hate about you or something like that. Those are some of my two favorites when I was. Yeah, younger. it's funny. A lot of those teen exploitation movies would, you know, grab the actors from Buffy and stuff like that. But I think only Sarah Michelle Gellar is one that was successful in film. What about uh, Jennifer Love saw... Hewitt? No, she well, didn't she have any films. Well, she wasn't on Buffy. No, that's true. Oh, oh. I thought you. Were, I didn't realize you were oh, talking yeah, specific sorry. to Buffy. Wait, what was the comment you made that the only person who was successful in film was Sarah Michelle Gellar? Right, because it seems like Seth Green after that kind of just. Went, eh. Yeah, like, he went to voice work, kind of. Yeah, it's like he was well, he's focused on, what's the show? Um, uh, Robot what, Chicken. Robot Chicken, thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, Nicholas I mean, Brendan, he never had much of a career. No, he, he had some beat, trouble. Which is good, and what's that fucking pinata movie? Survival Island pinata. Oh, I have well, no idea. <laughs> he also had a recurring role on, like, Criminal Minds or something later on, but that's yeah. all I know for sure. But the only person who had a, a very... I mean, I think Allison Hannigan was one of the more successful oh, yeah. people, but that's mostly yeah. because of American Pie American series. Pie. That's true. I, I mean, I don't that. really think, as sad as it is, I don't really think Sarah Michelle Gellar had that much of a successful film career, well, except I, for maybe like the really early days. Well, I'm talking, okay, so it seems like Seth and Allison had a lot of success while they were on the show. Yeah. Uh, so actually, we're talking like afterwards. Oh. It's really hard. When you're hot, like, you know, Dawson's Creek kids and Buffy, you know, they're all getting these crazy roles while the show is on. Once the show the ends. Once the heat's off, whatever, then all of a sudden it's like, well, Texas Rangers getting sent straight to video. Like, you know? <laughs> like Tom Welling, he's done almost nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Since Smallville, he, yeah. He didn't do anything when the show was on. Yeah, he, he wasted the He wasted the, all that, like, hot. hot. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know what he's going to do. It's sad. I hope he's not at conventions going, take a picture of me with my costume. I think he's just, like, retired. He's got that 10-season money on a yeah, farm, and he's chilling. If, if you save that, you're good. Yeah, I think he was weird. smart with his money. He was fine. Yeah, I think it's weird when actors, like, they're on a show or a movie that was very successful and all of a sudden they're bankrupt. How did Nicolas Cage fuck that up? 
Yeah. Nicholas Cage was making fifteen million dollars a movie. I'm gonna buy another castle. I thought somebody I thought robbed his him or something. Agent stole his money. I thought it was his accountant. Or yes, his, his accountant, accountant stole his money. money. That's what I meant. You, I, sh- you should be on the hook though for the taxes if your account has it. It's complicated. Well, I don't know. Poor guy. Tax man gets his money no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> Death and yeah. taxes. Um, season five, uh, which is supposed to be the end. You know, uh, what's the name again? Villain. Not Harmony. Oh. Was it Harmony? Was it no, Har- no, 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 not Harmony. Harmony. Harmony's a silly little Mercedes yeah. McNabb's character. Yeah, it was... Uh, Glory. Glory. Glory, oh, yeah. uh, is, I think she's my least favorite. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good season, but it ends... Uh, I thought, yeah, I thought she was a shitty villain. Uh, and then out of nowhere, it comes. It gets picked up by UPN for two more seasons. Well, if it hadn't been picked up, we're, we're stuck with this freaking cliffhanger at yeah, the end yeah. of season five, which was massive. I think, oh, I think the thing with Glory that really bothered me is because it reminded me of season one Buffy. She was so superficial, and yeah. like the one-liner she would say was like, wow, are we watching the first season of Buffy? <laughs> um, I think, yes, that's when we were introduced to Dawn. Dawn. With no explanation for a while. Then, you know, Riley's in it a lot more. Tara's, um, they invest more in her as a character. We we didn't even talk about bringing in Anya. She came in in season three. I love Anya. Yeah. She's she amazing. In, she came in sooner than I realized. I think it was season three. Her fear and of she's, bunnies. She's probably. <laughs> I mean, I think she's the most like most emotionally evolved person on the show. Yeah. And what you know, one of the she's got the best lines, and she's so complicated. Well, there's also Kendra. Who was supposed to be like the replacement Buffy? Because that Buffy was season two. Yeah, Buffy temporarily died. Whatever. In season yeah. one. Yeah, and then uh, we, we, and Giles had to leave for a while, and they had the replacement watcher. And they fired him. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, they didn't bring him in. It. <laughs> How do I get out now? Emperor's <laughs> acting funny. I, I was just gonna see if she wanted some food from Blue John. I'll bring her food out here. Okay. She might actually eat it. Is it fun? Nah, it's it's real. It's. Oh, okay. Well, then I should have just kept talking. Jeez. I can also edit. Okay. So, yes, we forget to mention then the whole weird thing with Kendra. And then they didn't actually get a new watcher. They didn't get him until season three, I think, with Faith. Yeah. Oh, Oh, no, Faith came in in season two, right? Because Kendra gets killed. Yeah, Kendra doesn't last very long. And uh, so badass. Yeah, Man, I thought she was gonna be big, and then just kind of. Well, like, you know, she said no to a Faith spinoff show, and I think that was a mistake. Yeah, the Faith spinoff. Well, I think what she had done. Why though? She wanted to do True she, Calling. She wanted to do True Calling instead. Oh, okay. And not saying that True Calling was a bad show, but you know, Troubled. it had it had its major problems. It was one of my favorites. It still had a lot of problems. I love yeah, the well, brother with the gambling problems, and he wanted her to see the future constantly. Yeah, True Calling and Dollhouse had a lot of potential, and there's but a reason why. Yeah, also a lot of problems. I like True way. Calling way better than Dollhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say season two of Dollhouse bored the shit out of me. Yes, um, I agree. That was frustrating. And that was our introduction to Matt Bomber. Yeah. Uh-huh. True that Calling, right? Yeah, because they True kill calling. his character off. Yeah, um, there's you're ruining every Hashtag show. Spoiler. For spoiler. Um, but they also had a very, very weak. Oh yeah, that was also our real introduction to Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, like, that's right. But the very, very weak and confusing part with Brendan, uh, what's his name? Priestley. 
Jason Priestley. Jason Priestley. I was thinking his character's name was Brandon. By the way, I work with someone who named their kids Dylan and Brendan. Whoa, cool. And I was like, 90210 fan? She goes, no. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, what? Seriously? She goes, I've never even seen it. That's I go, what are the chances you're going to name your kid Dylan and Brendan? That's really awesome. What was the girl's name? What was Brendan's sister's name? Brenda. Brenda. I was like, you can have Did a girl. Did you name, name your daughter Brenda? <laughs> That's awesome. You're going to have kids work at Max? That's also, like, she's a liar. Who? There's no way she did it There's no accident. way. I know, right? She's my age. And I'm like, no, no. you had to have known. No. Um, okay. I think, yeah, Faith is obviously, well, I said that Anya was the most, like, emotionally developed, but I, I would say Faith went pretty uh, far yeah, over yeah, the course yeah. of that. She she changed a lot. Dealing with being a murderer was hard on her yeah. emotionally. She didn't know how to handle it. And Every time I hear five by five, I think of her. Oh, uh, five by I five. I never hear that except for when she said no, I, I have it. heard it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it means you read them, right? I read no, them. No, oh, yeah, over now, yeah. basically. Uh, but I remember there was a, there was a story they were trying to develop with Giles where he had a love interest, and I think it's the only time they ever gave him a love interest, and, and, and Angelus killed her off. Jenny Wait, no, 5 by 5 is like, I'm A-OK. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, we shouldn't talk about military shit because we don't know anything. <laughs> um, Jenny Callender was our teacher. That was like season two, though. I mean, that was early. We're yeah. kind of jumping around. Oh, yeah, I just, well, I'm free, we forgot a lot of sub-characters, and yeah, I apologize. Of She's good. Uh, season six, UPN, uh, part of the big deal is like, if you're going to take Buffy, you got to take Roswell. And UPN's like, shit, we need anything. <laughs> We're suffering. We've got wrestling and Star Trek, and Star Trek's sucking ass. Uh, we're on season seven, and no one cares. Um, season seven is really good, except for one moment where. Spike Wait, we just skipped season six. Six? Oh, sorry, season six. Uh, I think it's a really good season, but uh, when Spike goes too far, it kind of lost me a little bit. Oh, um, uh, yeah. I had a lot of problems with the. Between. The I mean, the whole, like, Joyce thing. I mean. Oh, it's right, mother that was insane and intense and amazing writing and a lot of the stuff that came after that, you know, with the grief and like Anya oh. not understanding. Like Buffy was just like emotionally wrecked. You could see the distraught look on her but, face constantly from like, after from that moment forward. She was just like a different person. But then all, a lot of the stuff got weird. Like the double meat palace thing was. Oh, the one with the monster out of the top of the head? That was six? I thought that was seven, but... No, she, that was season six. That's a shitty six. episode. That's the worst fucking episode. Here's the thing, is that season six is my least favorite season. I think a lot of it is because it just feels so jarring, because they're all suddenly... All of them are just shell shock. Yeah, and that leads to interesting emotional like expo exploration. But like I said, they do s weird stuff. Like now, now she has to be a mom, and she has no clue what to how to do it, and she relies on Giles, and Giles keeps leaving. Yeah. She goes to work at the freaking Double Meat Palace, and you know all this weird stuff with her and Spike, but. It has my two favorite episodes of the entire series, which is the musical episode and the f one that follows directly after it, which is tab Tabula Rasa, which is the one where they all lose their memories. Which one's Hush? Hush is in season four. Oh, Hush, Hush is in season four. Wow, really that far back? I didn't remember yeah, that. That's a great Season four was the yeah. first year of college, and that was before, I think, she had told... Maybe that's the episode where she explains to Riley who she is. I can't remember. Yeah. But um, that's the only one, right, that they won, like, an Emmy for or something? Maybe. Was I the that one and maybe it was 
was nominated for the musical episode too. But anyway, so those are my two favorite episodes and my least favorite seasons. Isn't so. the major thing that happens in season six uh, the big Willow oh, situation? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then uh, uh, okay, who gets killed again? She flays him alive. That's right. Yeah, but I remember the three. The yeah. three guys three were the were the big bad that year. Yeah. The and three nerds casting spells they didn't understand, and that's then a gun goes, comes into the who the knew situation. that one of those three guys would create empire? <laughs> who wow. would write oh, the that's, butler? That's pretty he's, wild. He's written some incredibly like uh, like popular and like Oscar nominated movies. Yeah, it's he's, amazing. Yeah, oh, who, who's the blonde kid that we love so much? Uh, <sighs> You know, he went on to do the his character continued in the comics. I really Tom Le- uh, Link. Tom Link, yeah. Tom Link. Uh, really enjoyed his character. He, I, he gets he, involved heavily in season seven. Yeah, towards yeah. The he's end, big, he's, deal, yeah. he's just practically. Like, I think he lives at their house. Uh, and he shows up in Angel in season five after the series ends. And also, don't give it away. He hasn't seen. That's season the only five. thing I haven't oh, seen okay. is the last eighteen episodes. Okay, of season well, think, five, oh, Angel. Shit. Uh, yeah, I forgot to say that because we were going to do Angel after this, but fuck it, we'll just get. Well, we'll no, we can. We'll, we'll, we'll do Oswald. Well, have you? I have don't you remember. Did we ever finish Roswell? Yeah, we finished okay. Roswell. Woo. I can't remember. Uh, um, but you know, Tom Link is one of the actually like he is really ha- he. I wouldn't say he's famous now, but he definitely has like found his niche. He has like this whole crazy internet following. Um, because he does this like, have you seen this length length for less? Wow. Where he does like hit. He does his versions of Hollywood, like 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 red carpet outfits, but he does it. I'll have to show you later. Okay, okay. He, he's on like all the fashion shows and does specials for all the like premieres. Yeah. And, and right now he's doing a play in LA called Tilda Swinton looks for an an apartment on Craigslist or something. Oh uh, yeah, like I've that. actually heard of that. Yeah. Sounds really funny. Anyway, so I mean, I feel like he's more popular now than when he was in the show. No kidding. Uh, this is the one episode that I never understood what J- where Joss Whedon was coming from. It's the one where the three guys build the robot. And it was his mm-hmm. answer to Weird Science, which he thought Weird Science was sexist. And I've never seen Weird Science as sexist. Mm-hmm. Any of those two characters, their viewpoint in the beginning, you know, yeah. trying to create a woman, is sexist. But they're six-year-old boys. It's kind of, you know... But I don't think they... They do it in John Hughes fashion instead of Porky's fashion, which was tasteful. Mm-hmm. But the whole time... You mean tasteless? Porky's fashion? Porky's... No, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, John Hughes does a... What would be considered probably a Porky's idea, but a oh, tasteful yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, she's always in charge. She's That's always true. in charge. That's the entire movie, she knows exactly what's going on. She's in control. I, I never, never thought just, that movie was sexist at yeah, all. And yeah, he, and he wrote that episode as a response to Weird Science. I was like, that's a weird thing to choose for one. But two, why would you view it as sexist? <laughs> it's you you like, had a personal vendetta against Weird Science? Yeah, yeah. The, the thing that like is really interesting, I think, is that who would have thought that the kid that created a robot girlfriend in Buffy would end up being the ultimate evil in the show, basically? Yeah. Because it also is kind of like a more complex statement that humans are the greatest evil. Like, he caused so much damage oh, by, yeah, yeah, yeah. by her death and everything that happened after that. Yeah, it's, it's, you have all these monsters around, but they have an answer to how to stop them. You can, you can just kill a monster. A gun. And, and, mm-hmm. and basically, the law is not going to get involved. You kill the giant slug monster, we're going to mm-hmm. go over here, you know? But you kill another like, human that changes everything. Well, yeah, and it's like, and it, and you know, every, pretty much every other season, uh, they're all, it's all mystical. And the entire season that led up to that point was, uh, you know, obsessive about 
science I mean about magic isn't that this and you know isn't that the season when uh, they like really focused on Willow and her addiction oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and how she was obsessed with magic and all this weird stuff and so the whole season is upset you know focuses on that and then the one some, thing magic couldn't stop like the most yeah n- not magical thing that maybe ever happens in the entire show that's it's the crazy thing is is like all these monsters throughout the whole series and not a you know I can't recall a main character getting killed off by a monster, but uh, the main character gets killed off by a human. It's like... Yeah, well... uh, Not only at the end of season seven with Illyria. No, Illyria was a monster, though. You're talking about something uh, else. Sorry, I'm talking about... (laughs) Wait, are uh, you talking about... Well, let's talk about season seven. Season seven is that culmination of everything. I mean, I was anticipating every single episode because I didn't know what was going to happen. Joss Whedon loves to pull the rug out from under you. Like when he added... You know, he, he does it in Avengers. You know, he takes out Coulson. He, he took out Tara. You know, and when Tara was added to the show, you're like, oh, she's finally a member of the cast. I think, dead. I think that <laughs> yeah. literally that episode is when he adds her to the cast. Yeah, it is. And it's just like he loves to pull a rug out for me. So you're watching the whole season seven, and you don't know what's going to happen. That, that, I'm sorry, that actually happens at the end of season six. What? Tara. No, I'm talking, I'm, when you're ready for season seven, oh. you feel like something bad is going to happen. Especially... You know, when it gets towards the end, when they have Nathan Fillion in, and he's that crazy Oh, priest. my gosh, that and, was crazy. Right. He seemed unstoppable. Oh, yeah, it was terrifying. I've never seen anything just And he had like, that, like, sweet southern boy accent. Right. God, and, and he was just, so he messed was so up. so twisted. And when he grabs Xander, and he goes, you're the one who sees everything. Just, oh, oh right the eye, like, that was brutal. Shit. Yeah. That's probably one of the most I'm screaming at the TV. Seen. Yeah, it just haunted me for days. And then, of course, they split him. <laughs> right in the middle. Oh, yeah, the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you not know? No, 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 he did. I was like, what are you talking about right now? You're talking about Caleb. But here's the funny. If if you have only seen Buffy, you would have thought that was, like, the most original, outrageous thing you'd ever seen in a movie. But we had seen a movie, like, just two months prior called U.S. Seals 2. Do you remember this bananas fucking martial arts movie? No. We watched a lot of those kinds of movies. So, U.S. Seals 2. I don't fucking care about one. I don't, know, I don't even know why I had part two. It was, it was on the show, like a free rental or 50 cent rental. And it was like one of these kung fu movies from the director of Power Rangers. You know, he did design amazing action sequences. Fucking terrible acting. I mean, it's just bargain basement, but a great kung fu. And at the end of the movie, this this girl, a guy, whatever, they're fighting this guy. They grab the sword. And he's like, no, no. And they like take it up right through his crotch, right through his face. Like, ah! And he splits, and the guns just go flying. Uh-huh. And uh, we're, we're screaming, literally screaming as it was going. And we're like, rewind it. <laughs> and it happened, and it happened in, in, in Buffy. And we're just like, eh, I've eh, seen that. We just saw that a little bit ago. But hey, they, they killed him. Um, it's still pretty fun, actually. Of course, and then the Hellmouth opens. And this is after she's built that huge army. And I have to tell you, every time I even think about it, you know the part where everybody starts getting enabled with their yeah. Slayer powers? Yeah. <laughs> like the little girl on the baseball diamond. <laughs> every girl has the strength of a Slayer. I'm the girl, too. I want my powers. You know, it's just, like, really, really sad. And, you know, that's when they start wiping people out. And uh, It was pretty rough. Yeah. You never knew, yeah. You never knew which one of the the potential slayers was gonna die next yeah. because anybody could be the you know the person because they could change shape or whatever, so they just show and up. They and they like you're like, oh, they've been dead for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then they pull that stuff on you, like you think that Dawn is supposed to be a slayer. Yeah, right. And oh, yeah. Like, and then you feel so bad for her when you realize that she's not, even though you want her to be safe, but because she's so disappointed. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, in the final battle when the mouth opens, I, I'm guaranteeing you, Warner, Warner Brothers was like, okay, uh, we, we don't have a lot of money. Uh, let's, let's pull something from every single show we have because we got to finish this final sequence. I mean, that looked like a $5 million episode, which back then cost, you know, their normal episodes probably cost two. I cried through the entire five million dollar episode. Yeah, from beginning. It to was. End. I remember we watched it and we were just like anticipating it, and uh, you know, and Anya just sliced in half. Oh, that was devastating. Of course, this yeah. is after Xander and her were kind of getting back Reconciling. together. Yeah, yeah. they finally like had a moment right before that that the, was like you thought for sure they were going to get back together. And I was so excited because I loved them as a couple. Was the episode before that the Everybody Bones episode? Yes, it was. <laughs> They all, when, they all bone. And then you're like, yay. Yeah, I was like, her, yeah, her and Xander bone for the first time in a long time. And I was like, yes, they're getting back together. Um, and, and it's so crass. They're just good. They bone. <laughs> they made sweet, sweet love. And, and, and she gets the sword that you later see in the comic book, Frey, which I thought was a nice pick. That was a good comic book. Yeah, I kind of I don't remember a lot of that either. It was pretty good. It was like, you know, basically, the, it, Slayers in the future, the vampires have come back, whatever, out of some sort of different Hellmouth. Um, but we also get the fact that Spike, we we thought Spike, you know, was yeah. gone, and not telling you anymore. But well, I've seen the beginning of uh, of Angel, so okay, he comes so, back, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, we're at the point where we're still trying to figure out how to make him whole solid. Again. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's okay, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, but Not I, I think I think the season ended very well. The series ended well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Amazing. You, there is the comics from Dark Horse, and I have enjoyed them, but it's just not the same. Yeah. I can't speak to that. I mean, yes, I have read some of them, but I have not read all of it. And it, even what I've read, it's been ages and ages and ages. Yeah. And he's after I finish those last couple of Angel episodes, I'll probably try out the comics. The comic, point. the Angel comics, are better than the Buffy, in my opinion. Even though Joss Whedon is a strong. Uh, Who's the guy who created Runaways? Because he's also been Brian writing. Brian K. Vaughn. Brian Vaughn has been writing, but I think the Angel comics are phenomenal because Brian K. Vaughn there's still more story best. to tell. Angel should not have ended at five seasons. I like the uh, Runaways. That was a good It is, comic. and the show's premiering soon. I'm, I'm oh, I forgot Ooh, about cool. that. Well, yeah. Should be fun. Freeform, which is we have stupid. another conversation about comic books. I want to talk about Brian K. Vaughn. Okay. He's amazing. Uh, so I think that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, thank you very much for being guests on this episode. Word up. Can we talk about, like, what's our favorite episode? Oh, sure. I mean, I told you guys my favorite episodes, which were, again, the musical, ep- what's Once More with Feeling, the musical episode, and the one directly following Tabula Rasa. What or is, is it directly previous? I don't know. This Now, there's the everybody lists certain episodes in their top ten, but there's an episode that no one ever talks about and I actually really, really enjoy because it's so different. It's the one where Buffy spends most of the episode at the gravesite talking to the vampire that she used to go oh, to high yeah. school with. Yes, and, that's you know, in season was, seven. Yeah, uh, I don't remember the name of the episode. Oh, she's, she's like kind of slapping them around but having a conversation yeah. with them at the and, same and time about how they went to high school it's together. something about something. Yeah, about I like it. that one. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Uh, no one ever talks about that one. Um... Do you prefer her high school years or the college years? Uh, high school, I think, just because I didn't really care for Riley that much, uh, and I didn't. Oh, fuck. I was just trying to remember who Riley was. You said that Mark Lucas, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and Mark I also didn't really like Adam. I like some people like him, some people don't. Yeah, but I, I was on the nah. This ain't for me. 
They're, they're, I would say I probably prefer the, the high school years. Yeah. Something about the scrappy, low-budget, independent. You know, there, there's not enough special effects, so you got to focus on the story and the characters. Mm-hmm. So you got to make it up in some way. Um, you got Oz and his band, and it's like, ah. I so mean, good. it was a lot of fun, like, transition learning, you know, growing up stuff. But yeah. Nah, I mean, I didn't really care for Riley. And I like when they turned into hyenas and ate the principal or something. No, that was or from ate like the season, teacher. That was from season one. Oh, okay, that was. Yeah, I don't remember that because at all. they because they ate the first principal. They ate the first principal. Yeah, yeah wow. they, and they then all turned into when, hyenas. What's the guy's name who was in like Star Trek and he's like a character actor who became the next principal, the second principal? Armin Shimmerman. Yeah, Let, like let's, him. Let's, that's when he. We came should in. have talked about Xander's love life and how he always like dates a monster or like mm-hmm. almost gets killed, like. Well, did, didn't he try and like hook up with a praying mantis? He thought he was gonna yeah, lose yeah, yeah, his yeah. virginity finally, and right. he's like, "Ooh, yeah!" And then she tries you know to funny? eat him. We never mentioned Cordelia, not once. Oh, oh yeah, yeah Cordelia. Focus for the angel. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. We didn't mention her even a single time. That's weird. But I think it is because she just has so much uh, substance and character. And it was so shocking when she got stabbed through the stomach oh, by that yeah. rebarb. That oh, was that was that brutal. Was that, that changes the character too. Yeah, her personality changed, that... and then at the same time, she was in love with Xander, so so when that happened, and then she sees Xander kiss, I think, Willow, mm-hmm. she freaking loses it and has that her was... heart broken while she's in horrible agony at yeah, the same yeah. time. It was just like emotional and physical agony. Is that your favorite episode? <laughs> I don't know, it might be. That was intense. Just to, I wanted to mention the, oh, that guy who, the episode you're talking about is Conversations with Dead people yeah where she um but the guy who who played that character then went on to season five of angel where he is the person who works directly with fred and leads to uh some things and i don't want to play a different character well of course i'm just saying you know how everybody just sort of reappears and reappears and reappears i didn't know that until i looked at the picture right now old tv shows they would use the same actor over and over and over like gunsmoke you'd be on 15 different episodes of 50 different characters because there's only a small pool to choose from and i know that brian thompson was one of those guys that was good in makeup you know you remember he was the shao khan in Shotgun, oh, yeah. Annihilation, you know? Yeah, he's yeah. Like, um, Lionheart um, and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. I think he played like three or four different people. Didn't he play Adam? No. No, who was that? No, no, no. He played ju- He played the judge. Oh, yeah. the judge. But he also that, played other yeah, characters, yeah, yeah. too, on the show because only so many. I mean, Ron Perlman is one of the most well known guys that's just good in makeup. He can tolerate that claustrophobia yeah. and long hours. Oh, boy. Uh. And he has amazing characters that yeah. it's you, you, he can. Some brutal Be makeup something jobs. beyond that makeup. Who was the biggest actor you think ever appeared on Buffy? That was actually a name at the time. Was it John Ritter? Oh, mm, probably. I, I mean, I remember that's one of the few episodes I saw when it was on TV because I secretly wanted to watch the show, but I had a mean older brother who would make fun of me wickedly. So if I was caught watching the show, it would just be a nightmare for me. Really? So I would turn uh, I would turn it off if I saw somebody coming around. Oh, and I caught so I caught sad. that one episode on TV when it was when it was on. So I switched over. And, like, and oh, I was shit, I was a huge John Ritter fan because I loved Problem Child. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I don't know. I mean, so many people uh, who were on were just like later on. You're right, like, right. oh my god! But most of them are still like pretty solid character actors instead of like big names. True. So I probably was. It, it kind of legitimized the show though when he showed up. 
because he was still on TV. I would consider an A-lister. He still could lead a show, and you know Warner Brothers wasn't able to get a lot of names, and, and they yeah. got him. And I think it legitimized the show. And did did Buffy ever give into that shitty thing where it's like, hey, we're gonna go see this currently popular band? Uh, yes. They did. Who did. Yes, in the last couple seasons. Uh, well, I mean. You know what? I take that back. I don't think they ever featured anybody it was like the new pop sensation. Yeah. But they definitely had actually they had some interesting names on there. Like, I mean, Amy Mann is in one of my like really? performs at the Bronze and huh. one of my favorite epi- oh, episodes. I about the Bronze. The Bronze. I know yeah, they're bronze. always there. Are you, oh, I mean, this show, this episode could really be more like two hours <laughs> because of all the such amazing stuff that we. We didn't talk about the magic shop. We didn't talk about oh, the magic shop. Oh, uh, we didn't that. talk about you know the different. Because I forgot Giles ran the magic shop. Yeah, the because he got fired and yeah, then yeah. was replaced by Ding Dong. What's his name? Who was on Angel? He reinvented. Oh right, uh, Wesley. 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 He is a person that man changed so much through the course of that. Character. Oh no, I'm kidding, right? Oh my god. Um, but I mean, there's just too much. There's too many things yeah, yeah. that we could talk about forever, but. Well, I guess that's pretty much it here. Uh, Thank you for listening, and check us out on Facebook under Retro Rocket Entertainment, and have a good night. Good night. Everybody, welcome to a episode of Next Planet Over. I told you how long it's been since we did an episode. I've briefly forgotten the name of the show. <laughs> Shit. Peepus uh, and Butthead. Uh, anyway, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, no Cornholio today. My voice is gone. It's funny when you try to do. Uh, which one's which? Which one's Beavis and which one's Butthead? Beavis is the one with the braces, what? right? Beavis is one of the ba- the braces and the. It always sounds like with his upper lip out and it's just like uh, covering up his braces. It's a terrible impression. I can I can only do uh, the Guardians Corner Holdio voice um, in the laughing. Um, okay, so it has been two months. We've had issues, obviously. Um, I have been swamped because I work retail and it's swallowing my soul whole. Uh, also, we discovered the show that we were going to do for Halloween kind of sucked. And then we just go like, well, should we do a different show? Should we do two shows? And it turned into four shows. So, uh, hey, there you go. We're going to be discussing horror anthologies from the 80s. Uh, some, I think, were successful in what they were trying to do, and a couple, not so much. Um, a couple I forgot I even watched, and there's probably a reason for that. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, I wasn't allowed to watch this stuff as a kid. Uh, no horror whatsoever. Did you watch these when they were on originally, or just in reruns? 
cable wasn't even a word in my vocabulary when I was younger. So. <laughs> and it all depended on how our house was doing or if I was in trouble. We had cable in the 90s. We did not have cable. We had cable, for, I think, for like a trial. I think when we first moved to this, our new house, we got a trial sample of cable for like a month or whatever, and they took it away. And I was like, I'm never going to be able to watch. You can't do that on television. Ah. I remember when we went to college, that was like a whole new world to me. Yeah, and even then, it was only like 30 stations at most. And now. Oh, we had the second channel. <laughs> we had the second. Well, did we actually pay for the second channel? I don't remember this. I think it was too expensive. Somebody did. I don't know. Somebody did. I thought your one friend did, the one that we ended up getting the Genesis from later. Right. So we, we played it smart and made somebody else pay for it. Yeah, so back, back then, <laughs> what you got to watch was whatever was on the major five networks. You had everything in prime time. And you had all the syndicated shows. Some were original and some were reruns. The last episode we talked about was the syndicated uh, comedies that were sci-fi bent. There's only a couple. There was My Secret Identity and Out of This World. But sci-fi and horror, before a sci-fi channel existed, before there's all... I mean, it seems like every streaming network has two or three like noteworthy sci-fi shows, uh, horror shows, stuff like that. It was really hard to get any of this stuff. The stuff that was like big budget on Sci-Fi Channel was too expensive, or it's like not not Sci-Fi Channel, NBC and ABC, too expensive, lasted one season. So then you had to drop mm -hmm. down a bit. You had to go like, oh, let's shoot this in Canada with no names, just have a catchy concept, and uh, it'll last for two or three years in syndication. So we really didn't have the way like Supernatural's been on for 12 years, X-Files is still going. It's mind-boggling that it's still going. It is blowing my mind that Supernatural's still going. Oh, I mean, where are they getting the materials blowing my mind? But Yeah, well, they uh, kudos also to lied to us. They said five seasons and done. Once they got to 100 episodes, they were done, and clearly that was a lie. <laughs> they probably found out, well, now we're kind of typecast into this role, and yeah. we're never going to get work again. Also, how much um, are you getting for the syndicated package? We're going to renegotiate our contract, because here we go. Exactly, you want us for season six, exactly. you're going to give us 10%. <laughs> it's going to be end up like Friends. Well, they've yeah. made it past. Well, Friends only did what? What? Ten years? Uh, I think nine but, years, but they got a million dollars each for every episode at best. You know, TV's changed. The last TV's changed. Yeah. What was the uh, say? Whatever the number one show is now, won't even be in the top forty twenty years ago because um, typically your your top ten shows would be in the twenty millions or maybe even fifteen. And now it's like if you get six million viewers a week, you are a bona fide smash hit. Because there's just too much content now. I'm drowning in content. Yeah, I, I find it really hard. My, my freaking watch list is a mile long, and I'm probably never going to watch it all. I, Netflix has ruined my life. Yeah, I end up in gridlock constantly because I, don't, I have Netflix. I have Vudu, which has all my movies on it, and they have free movies and TV shows. I have Crackle. I have Tubi TV. I have uh, Amazon, which I accidentally paid for a year of because I forgot when the trial ended, so... Fuck, I screwed that up. <laughs> you know what my show, my favorite show is? It stars Frankie and Annette. It's called uh, The Guide Surfing Channel. Anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember them doing a show. What are you talking about? Um, it's a, I sit there and scroll forever. Yeah, it's a Ooh, scroll. I can watch that. Like, I don't watch this. I had to watch this. There's only one way to really get me to commit to something is if I have to do it for the show. Or mm -hmm. it's ending soon. Oh, leaving soon. Like, oh, crap, I got to watch. I watched three seasons of Sunny in Philadelphia in the last week because it's disappearing from Netflix. Ouch. Yeah. 
Oh, no, they have their good moments. Don't get me wrong. No, no, no. Cow. Some people love the show. Some people hate the show. There are times when it's brilliant. And then sometimes I literally will watch an episode going, this is great. And then in the last two minutes, oh, you screwed it up. This sucks. <laughs> it's like, all right, we need uh, two more minutes. Uh... And everybody keeps saying that the quality control on television is going to fall apart because there's too much content. And there's not enough talent going around. But then if you look back at what was in the 80s, you're like, no, most of that stuff is terrible. Like, even the stuff oh, that is man. watchable is watchable, not great. It just means, uh, you know, I could watch another episode or two, but that's about it. Um, I don't know if it's because the networks neutered the writers, or strangling their creative talents. I don't know what it is. Uh, I think they can get away with a lot more nowadays, but it's even uh... – I think if they were allowed, like if you look at more like your darker, grittier shows from back in the '80s, they got away with a lot more, and the, the writing was so much better than some of the other stuff. I, you know, I mean, especially yeah. like what we're watching, we're talking about tonight. But holy crap! Yeah. Well, here's the problem. Okay, so these are the four shows we're going to discuss because I mean we're seven minutes into us having said uh, it's going to be Tales from the Dark Side, uh, Monsters. Freddy's Nightmares, and Friday the 13th. Now, there are other anthologies in the 80s, but those are either on networks or they're kind of higher grade. Tales from the Crypt is an episode all in its own because the sheer amount of quality that went into that show is mind-boggling. There was um, Tales, uh, um, Ray Bradbury, I think, Ray Bradbury Tales or Ray Bradbury mm -hmm. Presents. There, of course, was the Twilight Zone relaunch. So some of these were pretty good, even though they didn't last very long. Um... But they were better budget, better cast. So I kind of want to focus on like the horror ones. And, and all of these were very low budget. Most of them seem to be shot in Canada. At best, you had like a C-level actor popping up into it. It doesn't mean it's a bad show. Um, no. But there's obvious restraints. There's only so much you could do. I bet you some of these um, um, shows were probably shot on like a $200,000 budget. Wow. Because a lot of them seem to be set around one room or one location. There's no names in it. Mm. And all you got is like one horror moment. Um, in it, which couldn't have been very expensive. In fact, I think I've seen some of these makeup, like like the troll dolls, or not the troll, the like the. Uh, there's a certain costume that looks like troll from the movie Troll. Um, I don't know if they bought mm -hmm. from those guys or they just had one similar, but I swear I've seen it in three different episodes now. <laughs> so, some of the names you say there weren't a whole lot of big names in here, but I'm looking at this and maybe they're just more big then. No, maybe a lot of these it. guys were not big then, or. They were big, but then by the time they were in this, they weren't so big. You know, it, 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 nobody was picked during their uh, A-list period. Okay. So, I find it odd that you say that. I've been watching all these. Like, every episode I've picked has been some big name in it that I know now. Surprising. But, uh, there was one yeah. other show that I, I looked at and I actually quite enjoyed, but it didn't fit into the horror. It was more of like noir thriller. It was a show on HBO called The Hitchhiker. Yes. That's actually pretty good, but... It doesn't really fit into this because it didn't really fit the horror uh, genre. Yeah. Uh, Tales from Dark Side isn't exclusively horror, but I think it's because of the pedigree behind it. You know, George Romero. Um, most of the stories seem to be in some sort of dark fantasy or horror. That, that's why I threw this in here, even though a few episodes would kind of teeter on like sci-fi and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember when Columbia Pictures, not Columbia Pictures, sorry, Columbia House, you know, the, the DVD club would sell VHS tapes oh, yeah. with only like four episodes on it, and you paid like 20 bucks a tape? It's insane. I think I spent a lot of time at your house watching those tapes. Yeah. Well, I always <laughs> I always worked an angle. I would do the, um, this sound makes me sound like a monster, but when I was younger, I was a bit of a con artist. I was always working an angle until I grew up and got more honest. Um, 
you would get the first tape for like 89 cents and then the second one and it said you had 10 days to return it no questions asked and you would come over we would watch that tape and then I would package it up and send it back. And I did this for like six months. They just kept giving them to me. And I kept sending them back after watching them. And finally, they're like, okay, we got to cut our losses. The kid's not going to keep any of these tapes. We're just losing money. They, I think they, was it, it was Columbia. And then what was the other one before they merged? Well, it was BMG is the one where we got all those. BMG. Like, it was like 50 uh, CDs for a dollar. And uh, uh, you know what? Go for 60. We'll pay you. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's like they knew. I don't know. Eventually, they got wise because you would you would play one against the other, and you had a certain amount of time before you could re re sign up. But I sound really bad right now as well. But uh, that's how we got a lot of our CDs. <laughs> well, okay. Here's the deal, though. You know, Columbia Pictures usually had the higher level stuff. They're the ones who had Guns and Roses and ACDC, Queen, stuff like that. They had the big names, and they were more expensive. You would have to buy, you get twelve for a penny, which seemed like a heck of a deal. But then you had to buy like six more within the next two years. But then you had BMG yeah. over here, which had some of the grade A stuff, but it was older. Like you had to wait a few yeah. years before it showed up. And you would get more like uh, the B and C level kind of stuff. Stuff maybe that wasn't released, didn't have any top 40 hits, stuff like that. And you only had to buy one in a year. And I got to tell you, I got some real gems out of BMG that oh, yeah. I never would have listened to before. I'm like... Oh, it's similar to this artist. I kind of recognize that song. I'll check it out. You know, it doesn't cost you very much. And uh, I can't say about Columbia Pictures. I think I ended up in debt. <laughs> I don't think I got a deal at all. <laughs> Seventeen ninety nine per CD, and then it's twelve bucks for shipping and handling. <laughs> like, how, wait, how does that work? Why, why am I not going to my record store? What the hell? Because <laughs> I don't have a license. Because <laughs> <laughs> I funny. had to rely on all my friends to come out and get me. Because <laughs> you lived out in the middle of nowhere. You lived in a town. Where I think the population was under three digits. That's nuts. It's like four, four churches. Yeah. Oh, no, and, and a no McDonald's. Lie. Don't One forget about that. Didn't they have a parade when there was a McDonald's or Subway? Wait, what time are you oh. talking about? Magenica? Magenica, yeah. No, I, they had a tile company out there, but that's about, all, yeah. that's about all the business they had out wow. there. Um, and I didn't live in that. You know, Huntington was not that big. Not really. I mean, I've lived in such big cities, and I just look at Huntington going, oh, my God, I could walk the entire town. Right. Nowadays, you wouldn't let your kid even try it. No, no. Uh, well, you'd have a <laughs> cell phone. At least you know where they are. Well, there's that. Um, oh, back right, on the we live in different endings. But Tales from the Dark Side is one of those. It was uh, Tales from the Dark Side, I want to say it was Airwolf and Star Trek, maybe? I, we, we did three of them, I remember. I can't remember what the third one is. Mm -hmm. But um, we all, I only ever got the first tape of Tales from the Dark Side. I watched the first four episodes. I thought they were fine. I kept that one, of course, because it's 89 cents. I'm not going to send that back. And it was a good taste tester. You know, like, there was one horror. There's one sci-fi. There's one kind of like uh, light comedy. Um, so I thought it was a really good mix. Now, I didn't know this until I looked it up on Wikipedia is that originally this was supposed to be a creep show TV um, series. But Warner Brothers refused to give up the rights. Mm. Is that right? Yeah. So – I don't understand this still, though. If they had the rights and they couldn't do the TV show, how is it that they were able to take Creepshow 2 and take it over to New World Pictures for a much lower budget? And then I think there's a Creepshow 3 now that has nothing to do with the previous two. Um, they must – I don't know what they owned, why they couldn't have uh, done the series. Because I think it would have got a bigger budget and been more successful. Well, it's probably in all where the money was landing. Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe um, Warner Brothers only owned the rights for like a few years, and then they lost it, and that was too late because the series was already launched. Could be. That sounds. That makes more sense. I've been hearing lately that they're supposed to be all of these relaunches, 
Oh, Tales from Dark Side for the CW. Oh, uh, Tales from Crypt for uh, Turner. Or no, not Turner, sorry, TNT. And yet they never show up. There's a whole lot of hearsay. Also, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. So. Uh, first series landed uh, in 1983, lasted 90 episodes, which back in the day for a syndicated TV show, that was like the gold. Tra- Nothing lasted 90 episodes, I think, besides Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> and I watched every episode at least three times. I've, yes, only, made, I've only done the run once. Um, I never watched any of the other Star Trek shows. I never watched Voyager or Deep Space Nine. Like, not a single episode. I think Deep Space Nine, yeah, we're getting off subject again, yeah. but I think Deep Space probably, in my opinion, was the best out of all of them. But yeah. the, uh, anyway. I would say of the four shows, I would say Dale, Tales from the Dark Side had um, a better pedigree. You had a lot of young uh, writers that would soon be more popular, uh, established writers and stuff like that. I, th- I think that's why this one holds up a little bit better than the other shows. I prefer the... the uh opening sound man i can't speak today <laughs> music the opening theme i think yeah, it was written it, well it well. reminds me of the twilight zone theme it's just kind of like this slow crawling this unnerving kind of sound or am i think of outer limits let me think of outer limits uh, do not adjust your heart limits muscle. Have you have control of your yeah. well both of those were written really well i think they fit the genre better but they didn't sound as campy as the other three we're talking about that's what i'm saying getting at but, yeah which is I don't know. I guess this is what, that's their ilk, I guess. They're supposed to be campy, and so that's why they can get away with the bad writing, in my opinion. But. You know what's funny is I'm looking at the networks that are still around. You know, the ones that, you know, whenever you got a cable package, it was always like uh, certain cable stations, and then you got a few like regular stations, like uh, WGN. And that's, I think, the only station that still exists without being affiliated with uh, a certain network. What is WGN again? I, I... That's the one out of Chicago, and we used to get it where we right. lived because of all the Cubs and White Sox games. That's why they picked it up in Indiana. And um, most of their scheduling was syndicated. And I remember Tribune Broadcasting, I think they owned part of WGN, and that's why you would get all these syndicated. I think it was, we had one of those big honking antennas out of the farmhouse, and I remember pulling in channels from Chicago and going, what the crap? Yeah. We don't have cable. <laughs> <laughs> like... Well, anyway. if you're getting it from Chicago, that probably means you were getting them from Indianapolis, maybe Detroit. Yeah. No, not Cincinnati, like, Cleveland. That makes more sense. But back then, I'm like, all right. They cool. do. Yeah. They Okay, so WGN is owned by Tribune Broadcasting. That's their main station. And that's why so much of this stuff owned uh, showed up on it, because they owned the distribution rights to Tales from the Dark Side. We just went silent. Yeah, I know. I was like, well, I was, I was too busy farting. I wasn't listening. What? No. <laughs> Uh, oh my goodness. The show ended in 88, I believe, to make way for Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. Do you remember when this played downtown at our one screen theater? We had a one screen theater? Yeah. In Huntington, remember? <laughs> we went to it. I, I, know, I know, we've been there, I'm just saying. Oh. There are people, people like, what's that? <laughs> I still find some small towns that have like a single screen theater. But it was weird because we grew up in a pretty religious town and they never showed R rated movies. Unless it was like, um, an Oscar-winning kind of film like Schindler's List or Science of the Lambs or something like that, they never pick horror movies. It's really, really rare. I remember two. One was Innocent Blood, the vampire movie, and Tales from the Dark Side. And Tales from the Dark Side played immediately after Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles right when I first moved there. I don't know why I remember yes. this shit. I don't remember people I went to high school with, but I remember shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when did you move to Huntington? I gotta know this. March 30th, 1990. Oh, so you're right up there in the same boat as I am, just a year prior to me. Yeah. Okay. Wait, what? 
I knew you lived in Fort Wayne at some point, but I couldn't remember I did, if you ever told me when you moved. So. so you moved there not too – wow, okay. So I met you January of 92 in gym class. So you had gone – what school did I moved you go there, to before you went to Huntington North? Well, I was in Albion, Indiana, and I was halfway through um, my eighth grade year when we moved. So. Okay. What school and did we, you go uh, to, though? Oh, we finished it up up there. Mom was still working up there, oh, okay. up north, and so she drove us there every morning, and we finished out the school year up there. Because so. I figured if you're going to go to school there, you're probably going to go out to that one. What's that one out in the middle of nowhere? I can't even remember towns now. It's been so long since I've been there. Where where was all the rich preppies lived? In Huntington? No, no. Remember there was that other town outside of Huntington where all the rich kids went, and then, they, then, then of course, they got brought into Huntington North? Oh, man, I don't know. Is it out by La Fontaine or is it out in that area? I don't remember. I, I didn't know why we were even talking about this. Sorry. <laughs> but I was just curious. But um, yeah, so I because believe. Because tangents are our thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I believe that uh, the week that I moved there is when they showed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I, I, I can't believe I remember this. So it was, uh, I believe it was Ninja Turtles for two weeks, which I saw it three times. Then it was Tales from Dark Side. I can't believe I even remember all this. Spaced Invaders. Ernest Goes yes. to Jail. Actually. And then uh, Firefox. No, not Firefox. Firebirds with Nicolas Cage. I remember all of those in a row. It's ridiculous. Did you watch them all in a row? No, I just remember. I went to see Space Invaders, I think. And uh, I did see that in the theater. I might have seen Ernest Goes to Jail. I did not see Firebirds. I was supposed to, but um, Dad just didn't want to go. He was tired. Uh, <laughs> it's not an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> Tales of the Dark Side of the movie is great. I just watched it again. Um, I think I sent it to you, didn't I? With Pet Cemetery and the uh, what's that other one? Um, uh, Night Shift, Graveyard Shift. Graveyard Shift, yes. I have not watched. I don't know if I have that or not. I've watched Graveyard Shift, but I, I've seen Graveyard Shift more times than I ever should, considering I'm grossed out by rats. But I actually, I had that and I sent it to you, and I actually bought another uh, collection that has. <laughs> Silver Bullet, Pet Cemetery, and Graveyard Shift. No, it can't be Pet Cemetery then. So I must have sent you Graveyard Shift, Tales from the Dark Side, and something else with a Paramount title. I can't remember. Ah! I'll figure it out. It's it's buried in this mess behind me somewhere. But yeah, I, that's one of the few TV adaptions that that was uh, uh, right over into a movie. I mean, that rarely ever happens when the series ends and then there's a movie. Usually you get like, oh, it's 30 years later. People are nostalgic for it. Let's, let's make a movie out of it. Right. I'll tell you, um, was it Tales from the Dark Side? I, I, I enjoyed this show at all of them because, the, right, in my opinion, even though it was a little campy still and little writing wasn't the best, there was a little better quality to it. But uh, probably because it reminded me more of like Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. I don't think it had the twisted endings like a lot of Tales no, from the Crypt. No, not quite as twisted. There were times no. in Tales from the Crypt you're like, oh, that's even that's too dark. That's that's like such a twisted, mean thing to do to the main character. I used to be. Now you're talking about doing voices. Or I used to be able to do the Crypt Keeper so well. Oh, I passed. I did that now. I'd wake up my neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Uh, I, one thing that's funny is that uh, anthologies were so big for so long. And then for like a decade, you couldn't get any of them on the air. I mean, I think the last one was Masters of Horror, which was a decade ago. But now people are talking about it again, but I have yet to see any of them actually get picked up. But for you yeah. and I, we couldn't just go to the video store, and I was too young to rent horror movies. So this seems like the kind yeah. of thing that really locked in for teenagers. Are like, I can get away with watching something scary without getting in trouble for it being grotesque. Right. Tales from the Crypt, completely was... different. There's a reason why it was on HBO. Yes. Or it was just, well, no, where I'm at. 
shoot, I'm thinking of the wrong show. Monsters. Some of the monster makeup, like for instance, uh, the Fever Man I watched. The big. He reminds me of oh, what's the guy in uh, Austin Powers? He's big and oh, fat. Oh yeah, yeah, fat, fat, fat bastard. Fat bastard. <laughs> yes. Like, that's what he reminded me of. I'm like, oh, that's just gross. So. <laughs> there, there's a zombie one. It's Vietnam, and they're trying to go through the tunnels. You know, they're tunnel rats or whatever, mm-hmm. trying to hunt out the Viet Cong. And I guess all of the dead that uh, their their fellow soldiers that have been killed down there come back from the dead. And they're trying to get through these tunnels or whatever, and it just the makeup was so like gnarly for 1988 or 90 or whatever it was. But um, it's funny how TV had changed because syndicated television usually had rules like you can't have this in it even more so than a network because unlike networks which always aired a certain show at a certain time, you could air Miami Vice at 10 o'clock at night and get away with something you couldn't at eight when the families were still up. Syndicated was different because the the network who buys the rights could air it any time they wanted to, but I believe the rules were with these kind of shows they had to air like late on Friday and Saturday. So I think you and I, when we would watch this kind of stuff in reruns, it was always like, okay, Saturday Night Live is going to start in about an hour. What should we watch? Let's watch, uh, yeah. you know, Freddy's Nightmares or something. I can't believe it. When I started watching Freddy's, I'm like, did I actually? I don't remember watching it for some reason. Did I really just block that out of my head? It's terrible. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. We we'll get to it. But uh, the follow-up to Tales from the Dark Side is Monsters, which you were saying. I enjoy Monsters quite a bit. I don't oh, think yeah. the story structure is as good, but I am a special effects like uh, freak. I love watching, uh, especially um, physical effects. CGI, I'm yeah. starting to get real sick of. Have you started to get fatigued from all of these $200 million budget movies that have insane amount of special effects? Nothing looks real. It just looks like a candy-coated nightmare. Uh, I probably don't watch quite a bit as much as you, but I don't know. I I, I was like when uh, – what was that? Ghost in the Machine. Not Ghost in the Machine. Is it Ghost in the Machine? Ghost in the Shell? Ghost in the Shell. Whatever the one. It was a while back. Was, I think it was when we were in college, honestly, but um, – no, it was the first yeah, time I'd seen a well, movie where yeah, Ghost in the Machine. You're talking the horror movie, right, with Karen Allen? I can't remember, but it was all CGI. But they looked like the hair was flowing, and everything. It was, you could tell it was fake. But it was. I've been a fan ever since then. It's to see how realistic you can get. It's maybe that's well, some Mr. Techie too. So here's the thing: is that okay? Look at Lord of the Rings. Uh, Peter Jackson found a way to integrate reality with the unreal, where it, it doesn't really bother me. There's only a couple moments where it seems clearly fake. The Marvel right. movies, at times, not only is it too many special effects where nothing feels real, so it, it feels like it doesn't matter. There's no weight to it. Um, yeah. Their action sequences go on way too long. That Guardians of the Galaxy, the second one. That final action mm-hmm. sequence goes on for like 10 minutes extra than it should have. And I'm like, back in the day, they didn't have the budget for this. So if you did have any CGI, it was limited, and that for the action's tighter. And that's what's missing yeah. right now. The stories are great. They're really well written. They're well acted. It's just the action, the special effects go on forever. That's why the movies have gotten longer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. All three yeah. hours long. They're the equivalent of a Stephen King novel where it's unnecessary detail. I'll take a short story from Stephen King. What was that book that you – the Bachman books that I loved so much? The Bachman books, yes. The the Night Shift? What was the one? We had a couple anthologies that I borrowed from you. Uh, Let's see. Bachman – what was the other one? Um, The Bachman – oh, wait a minute. Running Man was in the Bachman books. Yeah. We had one, though, where it had Children of the Corn and the Running Man – or the Lawnmower Man. Remember the Lawnmower Man had nothing to do with the movie whatsoever, and we were like, this story is terrible. It's like six pages long, and it's just about a crazy guy with a lawnmower. I don't understand. 
<laughs> well, everything's got to have a root, you know. Anyway. But a lot of these stories would show up on these series, you know. They would find rights to, like, Clive Barker stories, Harlan Ellison, uh, Stephen King, and stuff like that. So they did have some original stories, but they had some that were adapted from known stories. The problem is the quality control. You know, what they can afford is just whatever scripts they could get at that time. It's like, well, shit, um, we don't have any big names. Let's just go grab somebody who can give us, like, six stories a season. Yeah, work with that. I don't know. You know who's never gotten his due is Dean Koontz. I feel like they've made, like, 30 movies out of his stuff, and maybe two of them are watchable. The rest of them are just like, what? Huh? I've read his books. I don't think I've ever seen any of his movies. Uh, the one good one was Odd Thomas. That one you should check out. But, um... Horror writers during the 80s, I mean, you and I were kids when horror was like more than just like a genre. It was like a cult phenomenon. It was a movement. Everybody knew who the special effects guys were. Rick Baker was a household name. You know, Stan Winston. And then you, it, their names were before the movies. John Carpenter's whatever. Wes Craven's whatever. And it's <laughs> funny how it would switch later to around Scream is when every horror movie seemed like it was the same exact poster cast, plot, and there was no longer any names, there was no superstars, no great special effects. It just kind of disappeared. Yeah, Scream, well, Scream ruined it for everybody, because, you know, all the secrets are out. Yeah, it knew, but at the same time, horror was in a bad place before Scream. It Scream was. saved horror, because, what did we have? Yeah. We had Candyman, Dr. Giggles, Leprechaun. Oh, oh. yes, but say what you will about Leprechaun, I still enjoy watching. That's a guilty pleasure for me. <laughs> Leprechaun in space. You know our franchise has hit its end when it goes into space. Hellraiser 4, right. Jason X. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where you ship out all the trash. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and, and Freddy's Nightmare had so much potential, and it was mm -hmm. the worst of the bunch. I could barely get through two episodes. Did they, have a little, did they have, if I remember correctly, they tied into a movie somehow? Well, I mean, the first episode so is yeah. Well, the first episode is Freddy's origin. It's you know how he ended up getting arrested in the first place, how they end up capturing him and, and burning him alive. So that one is part of the mythos. And then some of the other ones were just uh, oh, this is just a, a Freddy nightmare. He, you know, he jumps into this kid's dream, or whatever. He shows up for like two minutes. That must have been a dream job for him because I bet you he got a big chunk of cash to show up for a day or two. And, and I would not doubt if they were like, okay, shooting's done for uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Okay, Robert England, we need you to head over here next door to the stage where we're shooting the episode. And he just comes and goes, uh, four lines? Okay, we're good. <laughs> Hello, kitties. Oh, Welcome to my nightmares. Tonight's episode, I'll be gutting someone with a fishing pole. How do I do it? I don't know. I just do it. you know. And then, that, and then they go into the episode. <laughs> I'll reel That's the only way that show, <laughs> that show would not have lasted as long as it did had he not taken on that role for the show. Yeah, if it had just been a generic anthology, probably wouldn't have worked. Um, but I, I still say it doesn't work. I can't believe how many names they had in the, involved with the show. Freddy was hotter than hell, uh, joke intended. Um, yeah. And yet one miserable – actually, was it one season? It was just so miserable. Let me look this up. It might have lasted – Oh, man. <laughs> I'm typing Freddy's Nightmares, but I get Freddy's Steak Burgers first. That sounds disgusting. It's actually very good. Freddy's Nightmares. Just... And there's a reason why this has never been put on DVD, as I think that uh, New Line Cinema is ashamed of it. Two seasons. It lasted they, two seasons. Wow. They want it to die. <laughs> to die in the fire that he shouldn't. Anyway. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, this is the one I'm sure there's a hardcore following for, but man, I was miserable. And especially in comparison to the movies. But I also say the movies went to crap between three and four. Four yes, is terrible. They did. Four is unwatchable. People love part four. It's the most successful. But I think only fart part fart fart four. <laughs> <laughs> part four was only as successful because of three. Three was so insanely good. And then four just kinda just uh refresh my memory. Which one was the one where he comes into the real world? Oh, well, okay, so he comes into the real world at the end of the first movie. And the second movie he does as well by coming through that kid's body. Um, that's the one where he changes the kid or whatever, and, and he comes, he, remember he crawls out of his body, he's like, ah! No, 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 no. Like, Freddy is, like, Robert Englund's oh. playing himself. You know, oh, that... oh, no, we're talking, we're talking The New Nightmare in 1994. That was years later. Okay, right, okay. That one kind of blew my mind. Did you go to theater with me and see that? I think I did. Because that one was amazing. So it's a quick rundown. Two is the one I just described where he comes to the kid's body. That's one that everybody doesn't like because it has a gay metaphor and apparently horror fans are homophobic. I don't know. Uh, three is Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors is the awesome one where they up the special effects. They bring uh, Heather Langenkamp Camp back as Nancy. And um, they have all those special powers. And the, th uh, the theme by Dokken is so awesome. That's where I was going with that. It's like, of course, you know, that anyway. Dawkins, are you talking about finding rare gems that you never knew about? I happened to be passing by the $5 bin at the truck stop, and I saw this album cover. It said Dawkins, and really cool graphics. That's why I picked it up. That's the only reason I picked it up. <laughs> and when I play it, it's got Dream Warriors on it. I'm like, I know that song. Yeah. You know, I've been going through on YouTube. And uh, discovering all of these bands from like 83 up to like around 93. They had these amazing album covers. And they always had like cool like sort of sorcery. Yes. Like, you know, Accept and Alien and, and all this stuff. And they're really good Man bands. Man of War. I've, no, I've heard of Man of War, but I've never heard of any of these bands. And all of a sudden, they're just like, I got to listen to them. And a lot of this stuff is not on CD. It's just like lost. It was only ever made for like yeah. record or cassette. And somebody was a saint and loaded them up to YouTube. So that they can be discovered by the next generation. Arcade, yes. arcade, the entire uh, the discography is available on YouTube. I actually own all three. Oh wow, okay. But <laughs> I, you know, I was desperate to find it. And I couldn't find it anywhere. But um, the reason I say this, I'm going to sidestep for a second. On Netflix, there is a documentary called "I Am Thor." Now, I know the only reason it was greenlit and put on Netflix is because of the new Thor movie. But there was a guy. I only knew about him a little bit called Thor, oh crap, John Mc John Michael Thor, and um, he was a heavy metal artist from 77 to 87, and he had a strong cult following, apparently he had one hell of a show, and he appeared in three movies that were all real low-budget, direct-to-video, or barely released, and they all bombed, and he was so ashamed of it, he had a nervous breakdown, and he disappeared, and then all of a sudden pops up like 20 years later, and decides to go back on tour. And still, like, really? the whole documentary is just seeing how he puts together this show with no money, a very small cult following, and one hell of a stage show for no money. And he's traveling all over America and Europe and, and watching these kids discover him for the first time who have never even listened to heavy metal, some of them. And just completely enthralled by this 60-year-old guy who is falling apart physically and mentally but still giving everything he's got because it's the only thing that he wants to do. And the fans see it. It's, it's a great movie. 
and I found his albums on YouTube, and that's how I discovered these other bands. Yeah, I'm looking at Thor now. Yeah, Camden Palace '84. What's that? Camden Palace in '84. Yeah, but there's a bunch of his stuff on there. And the reason I bring this up is because heavy metal in the 80s, for some reason, this is what happens with a lot of music genres, time has a way of erasing hits, albums, you know, and in movies that are noteworthy. And that's kind of why we do these shows is to bring up some stuff that's kind of been forgotten. Everybody probably knows Tales from the Dark Side. Maybe not everybody knows about monsters. Not everybody knows that Freddy's Nightmares even exists. But... I forgot. Same, yeah, music though is like that. Is uh, especially since that era is now frowned on. Like for some reason, everybody embraced new wave for decades now. We all love new wave and punk and the early alternative stuff. But heavy metal is always looked at as, hey, if it isn't Motley Crue, if it isn't Ozzy, you know, if it's hair metal in any way whatsoever, it's a joke. But there's some mm-hmm. extremely good music coming out of it. Especially now, as I get older, I'm starting to understand music more. And the intricacies, especially to European uh, metal, there is such a layer of progression in what they're trying to do. It wasn't all this stupid L.A. party rock. You got your poison. You got your, like, um, Trickster and Winger. You know, these kind of vapid bands are all about parties and getting laid. But then you have this whole other sector that's trying to create these worlds like Dio. Dio was an American artist with a European sensibility where it was, like, this complex storytelling um, really intricate guitar playing and, and, and singing was just phenomenal. And I think a lot Dream of that, theater. yeah, and a lot of that is now looked at and just go, I don't want to listen to that crap. Now give it a chance. Give it a chance. There's some great stuff hidden out there. I'll butcher his name. He's Ingwe. Yeah, I never know how to say his name. Elmstein. Uh, I think he's also. Dude, like, anyway, it's like you listen to his, some of his other stuff. Um, Dream Theater and really listen to how intricate I mean, they are awesome musicians um, and as that's the difference when you can listen to the, they're just dead on every time everything's right in sync you can tell the difference for people who know how to play their instruments and those who just you know barely know enough to get by yeah there's um, the falsetto thing has always bothered me I've gotten a little bit less like with it lately but there does seem like there's a ton of falsetto I like the more uh, aggressive, yeah. you know, because by the time we started listening to metal, I was really into like Testament and Megadeth and Metallica, more, more aggressive, meaty stuff. Right. You didn't have to know how to sing well. No. <laughs> um, oh, boy. Yeah, so Freddy's Nightmare is a complete waste of time. I, I can't even get through it. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the Freddy movie. That got completely on a tangent. Freddy movie. So part four, like I said, is the part where it stopped being scary. It stopped being... This mythology. It was really cheesy. Yeah, it started being one-liners, and the special effects aren't that exciting, except for the very end, there's a couple cool moments by Screaming Matt George. Uh, the storyline is just insipid. The characters are bland. And 5 would get a little bit better, only because the director was better, but the story still sucks. It's 6. The one that everybody hates, I think, embraces its kind of crazy mythology, and it's funny at the same time, scary and creative. But you're right, New Nightmare was like a kick in the pants to the entire franchise. And you're like, this is what you can do with horror. You can become meta without being jokey. You can create, you can take a character who had become a joke without rebooting, which is what they do all the time now. They reboot in the overhaul, and um, that's how they think they can fix it. Well, I hate it. Especially, okay, you know, I'm a huge fan of Halloween. If you remember, I was obsessed with this series. But I'm Mm -hmm. disgusted by the fact that, okay, first off, 
Um, you want to fix your series? Don't erase four and five. Create something. Make an excuse for Jamie Curtis to be alive. Do not um, erase that little girl. Right. I can't remember. All of a sudden, I've forgotten who, what her name is. Some mm. cheating. I'm Wikipedia. You're my best friend. <laughs> she looked like my sister. I always remember that she looked just like Mindy when she was younger. Uh, Danielle Harris. Um, you know, she played Jamie Lloyd for parts four and five, and then six. They decide, oh, we're just going to kill her off in the first five minutes, and then we're never going to see her again. And I think it's insulting to the fans and the people who put their heart into the series. Yeah. No, I'm completely so, for erasing Mark Wahlberg from the Planet of the Apes franchise. <laughs> like as I pick and choose. <laughs> oh, that is the worst Planet of the Apes. I own all of them except for that. I even own the TV series, but I cannot stand that Tim Burton one. Ugh. The new version of that definitely is by far my favorite. I mean, I like the original, but and it has its place, obviously, but... Holy crap! <laughs> I know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm right now, and I'm about to start war. I watched the final of the trilogy, but you know, I, as much as I love writing me down, I have a lot of heart for those old John Chambers special effects. Mm -hmm. You cannot beat. Oh, yeah. There's so much complexity, even that very first one, Rise, um, and you're just like astounded. Like they never would have attempted this in in the original series. No, no. All right. So one last series to discuss before we go uh, is uh, Friday the Thirteenth, the series. Now. This was the one that kind of pisses people off because it has nothing to do with Jason. But let me tell you this. Right. There is no, I like there's no way in the world you could make a series about Jason. Maybe you could make it about Camp Crystal Lake or the people affected by it. You could do that. But that's still pretty limited. The idea that they take is uh, the, you know, the artifacts for the antique mall. You know, I thought that was brilliant. Those two people hunting them down. Excuse me. Right? Now, it only lasted three seasons. I thought it was on way longer than that, but um, that's the one series that's frustrating because the quality is up and down, in my opinion. I feel like a lot of episodes yeah. are spot on, and some are like, oh, you're just padding the schedule. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I kind of like this more than the others, but, uh, well, Monsters actually is up there, in my, my opinion, but I probably picked the best, and that might be the only ones that are out there right now. <laughs> so, I don't know. Luck of the draw, I guess. Huh. Monsters. You're right. It's one of the episodes I pulled up for Monsters. Yeah. I think you would really, really enjoy it. And I don't know if you watched it or not. Which one is it? It's called Holly's House. Season one, episode two. Holly's House. No, it's I'm a trying giant to... There's a really... doll. Oh yes, I did. That was creepy as hell. <laughs> kind of figured you wouldn't like that one. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Is that the one in Friday the Thirteenth or Monsters? Because I watched the one with the doll. That's and... Monsters. Oh, we know. I think the very first episode of Friday the Thirteenth has a doll in it too. Dolls are creepy, and I can't watch. I cannot watch Puppet Master. I know they're a joke and they're cheap, but they creep me out, man. <laughs> well, was it one of the monsters? One that had season one. Uh, where's the rest of me? It had Meatloaf in it, and oh my goodness! Do you think that's his real last name? Because a day sounds like a joke. Meatloaf a day. Like, are, is that a request for a meatloaf every day? Oh, wait, hold on. Hey, I'm, all, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I hate meatloaf. Will. Well, I guess it depends on whose meatloaf we're talking about. But. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Back to Friday the 13th. Uh, so originally called 13th uh, Hour, the producer Frank Mancuso Jr., who was in charge of the Friday the 13th uh, film series, uh, decided to change the name, even though, like I said, it has nothing to do with the movie franchise. And I guess in England it was called Friday's Curse, so they won't get confused with the movies. Um how do you feel about the movie series? Uh, Friday the 13th? Yeah. I feel like this is something that we always watched at our movie parties. Originally started to watch terrible movies and then turned into something else later. It's... 
I think when it, it had some storyline to it, and I think the backstory. I mean, I think I liked better than like the Friday the Third. Excuse me, Nightmare on Elm Street, and it, it was still campy by any all means. But stupid rules you follow. Yeah. You know, don't go out alone. You know, all that crap. It was all in, in every movie, but you're always scale yelling at the TV screen. <laughs> but, I, my, my the worst part is. All right, guys, this isn't funny. Will you stop this and yet still keep wandering in the dark away from safety? Don't go in the house. Just keep wandering out in the woods. And st- oh, oh, you're going to take your top off because that makes sense because you're scared. I don't understand what's going on. Now you're getting into the freezing cold water. All right, you deserve to die. <laughs> and bye-bye. Yeah, it's funny is uh, Jason's origin, you know, with how he died is pretty tragic. And you kind of get where his mental stability is gone. And why he would start killing off these... Most of these teenagers are jerks, really. Um, whereas yeah. Freddy was... Uh, he had usually, you know, heroes. You know, true heroes that you kind of rooted for to kick Freddy's butt. So, I always thought the Jason franchise was weaker on the character as a protagonist. Definitely. Except Tommy. Tommy was cool. They had, they had a trilogy with Tommy in it. And they never really... I don't know if they finished the story or what was going on. But I always thought that... Um, Jason versus Freddy should have been Tommy, like, coming back after all those years for uh, Justice. Let's say, to be honest, I probably haven't watched any of those since... Our movie parties, probably. Our movie parties, so... Yeah. Do you remember the one with the telekinetic powers? The girl with the telekinetic powers would shoot all the stuff into his face and electrocute him and mm-hmm. stuff? I like that one. <laughs> but they are stupid movies. They are. There's there's nobody who can they argue. Maybe six. Six is a pretty decent one, but still like lower standard than a normal horror movie. But horror movies in the eighties were like a fifty fifty shot between being completely insulting crap and then something that knocks you off your you know, like wow, Fright Night, now that's a great horror movie. Right. Lost Boys. I don't know, it's sort of getting to the point where movies I think I got burnt out on those kinds of movies. The campy ones where I, I, I really needed something a little more. Yeah. Um, we wouldn't call it horror, I guess, like Sixth Sense. Getting into more psychological type yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. if you will. You well, know, you were more, more, more of a thinker's movie. You were more advanced than we were. You were the one reading Clive Barker before any of us were writing. Well, actually, I've never been much of a reader. You know me. I'm, I'm a, an addict to pulp novels and comic books. I have a short attention span. But um, – I well, it took me that. four times to get through a Magicus. So. Well, yeah, but I always – like when we watch movies together and you always knew the end. You're like, okay, I'm putting these pieces together and that guy has been dead the entire time. You're like, what? How did you know that? I'll tell you what. I got thrown off my off my throne once. We were watching The Sixth Sense. I happened to walk in to my sister's house after the first scene and it threw me off. It really, It was really unsettling. Yeah. Well, you and I watched <laughs> Fight Club and you knew. Like about twenty minutes in, you're like, "Oh, they're the same person." You're like, "How did I? Okay, how did you guess that? There's no way." And it's like, I had no clue. I, I remember when he, they even told me they were the same person. I'm like, "Wait, what? No, hold on. No, what?" Okay. It got huh? to the point where they're like, "Okay, Ron, you can come watch this movie with us, but you got to wear this tape around your mouth." <laughs> um, yeah. Um, let's put this so gag. Of the series, Friday the Thirteenth is the only one that has a consistent storyline. Same cast every episode. Same creative team. So that is the only one that feels like a full-fledged series, um, where it's not just like, oh, we're just random stories that are connected in some way. Right. I don't know. I'd have to say out of all of them, story-wise, with the bad ones included, I think this is probably my favorite. 
Now, what? have you ever seen a TV series out of Canada? Now, most of these are out of Canada, and, and they have that kind of feel, like a lower budget, but quality. I mean, Canada is really well known for making quality sci-fi and horror um, and action stuff. But um, there's a TV show out of Canada in the late 90s, early 2000s called Sci Factor, Chronicles of the Paranormal. Have you ever seen this one? I don't think so. Dan Aykroyd produced it. Um, and he selected a lot of the stories, but Matt Frewer from Dr. Doctor and Max Headroom was the star. And it's very similar in its feel. Like, it's, it's like an X-Files meets Friday the 13th, where it's a crew of four people, actually I think five, that had special abilities or were just good investigators or detectives. And they are always doing these, like, uh, uh, investigations of crazy phenomenon. And it looks like it's on YouTube? I think the entire series is on YouTube. Now, my mom is a huge fan, and she says the first season's a little rough because they haven't put together the core team. It was it started off kind of generic, like reenactments mixed with investigative stuff, so it's kind of, it feels like a reality show mixed with a scripted show, but by season two, you have your core group that you fall in love with over the next three seasons, and that's when the stories get stronger, the budget's better, so... Um, watch season one, but take it with a grain of salt, knowing that season two through four are going to get a lot better. Okay, definitely. I think now, this a, was what, 2000? Somewhere around there? Yeah, when did you say? I think it was 99 or 2000. To, you know, syndicated TV died off in the early 2000s because by this time, most of what made up syndication were comedies that were low budget that had like one recognizable name. So all of those were gone because of Fox and, and the CW and, and UPN and stuff like that. And then all the sci-fi shows started showing up on Sci-Fi Channel and uh, UPN. And all the action stuff started showing up on, like, USA and TNT and TBS. So, like that. so syndication USA, wasn't... USA, up all night! <laughs> you, uh, and, and syndication wasn't necessary anymore because all of these networks had the original programming. So that died. I think the last year for original content really was, like, 2002, 2003, and then everything crashed. She Spies, Chronicles of the Paranormal, um, Relic, Relic Hunter, is that the one with Tia Carrere? Where, where it was like Tomb Raider? I think, yes. There was Beastmaster, there was Sheena, Hercules, and Xena both ended. So like around 2003, 2004, there's nothing left. And then all of a sudden they tried again with, uh, Sam Raimi is the one guy who really tried to keep it going. Because he did, um, what's that one he did with Bruce Campbell where he's like uh, a swordsman? Oh, crap. Jack of all trades? I think it was Jack of all trades. Oh, man, I, I need to lose my Bruce Campbell it's okay. fan club card. There, there was a few uh, shows. They tried, but syndication <laughs> was dead in the, in the early 2000s. But the era that we're talking about now was that rise. And you're really starting to pick up in budget and, per, and real studios are starting to do TV shows. Which brings me to the next thing I would like to discuss, if you're cool with it, is War of the Worlds, the, the TV series. Yes. Only two seasons. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Paramount, you know, put some real money into it, even though it's still, like I said, Canada shot. But it's a really complex plot. But what could possibly be paired with War of the Worlds? Alien Nation, maybe? What's another invasion kind of show? Um, well, I'd say V, but that lasted a while, didn't it? Nope. Thir uh, 18 episodes. That's it. There we go. We have our we have our next episode, War of the Worlds and V. Sweet. Nice. Hopefully this or time won't take us two months. <laughs> right. Alien Invasion would have been a good one, too. That's a, What's yeah. that? Alien Invasion? I remember there's one called Invasion Earth. I, don't, I think I've watched both of those, but I can't remember. That was another... Oh, no, Invasion that Earth. Was, that was that was the BBC. No, that was I know, recent. I know there's another one. It was on WGN where it was like an invasion kind of... Uh, I'll look it up. 
We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll come up with a plan. And <laughs> all right. At some point, I I'm going to discuss. Voice of the doll here. <laughs> no, don't do it. I'm Chucky. Wanna play? <laughs> I don't understand how Chucky got away with so much. You just look at him go. Uh, I can kick you in the face across the street. You're like a football. What are you, what are you even thinking? He's like, I'm, I'm going to go. This is awkward. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hold him in the head as he's... <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Check us out on Facebook under Retro Rocket Entertainment or check out our group, Next Planet Over, where we discuss sci-fi, fantasy, and horror stuff, you know, just general conversation, or we share news and new episodes. And thank you very, very much to our, yes. our, our cohorts in this mess, the ones who have been basically carrying the entire weight this whole time. They, um, <laughs> they're they uh, over at Above the Airwaves. That's another podcast network, and they've been doing just a crazy amount of episodes. They've done, like, what, ten so far? We've done three? <laughs> Donkey Shay. But to be fair, they only ever watch the very first episode and discuss it, where – you and I try to grab more. I don't want to. I don't want to be, especially if it's a, an older show where we have the ability to watch a lot of it. Yeah. Because just because the pilot episode isn't very good, um, doesn't mean the series or itself. is good. Yeah, you know, it could change it just from episode to episode. The, originally, our plan was to do just the pilot and discuss whether or not we would continue or not, but that's just not our thing. We never, we've never done that. Yeah. I like, I like getting more depth into it. So. All right, everybody. Have a good night. Ha! Good job, y'all. What is it good for syndicate television? Huh? Say it again. Are you Bubba Hotep now? <laughs> I don't know. That was a mixture of like war and Elvis. mama. <laughs> Flip the channel. My hip. <clears throat> mama, I don't want to watch the sapphire. Is mama's family on, or maybe she's the sheriff? Uh huh. I love that Suzanne Summers. Hey, mama. <laughs> <laughs> What's that thing that Suzanne Summers is always using? That. that, that <laughs> oh, shit. Thigh mask. Thigh mask. Thigh mask. Oh, mama. Put a, yeah, give me a thigh mask. I've been eating too many uh, peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Oh, uh huh. <laughs> I'm all shook up because I'm sick. I'm eating too many peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Oh. I can do this for like an hour. It's not funny, but it entertains me to no end. So this is where we, this is what we do in the seventies. We fade out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I don't. I don't have any end music. So just uh, we're gonna go. See ya. All right. Take it easy. following program may be too intense for younger viewers. Parental discretion is advised. Tonight, you are about to begin a journey into terror. The world isn't the same as our minds believe. And we are in a nightmare. And nothing is worse than a nightmare. Except one you can't wake up from. Two more kids were killed last night. The cycle has begun. Now there's silver bullets in that gun. You can end the curse by severing the original bloodline. What's happening to you? I did it. I killed last night, Kelly. You're one of mine, aren't you? I don't want to be like this. You come to kill me. I'm to send a bounty hunter after this kid.
Alright everybody, welcome to Next Planet Over. As you can tell from that video, we're going to be discussing Werewolf the TV show. It is the 30th anniversary of Werewolf. And time Ooh. has not been kind. <laughs> oh man, you know what? I forgot I was going to start the episode like this. Hey everybody, it's Wolfman Jack. It's Next Planet Over podcast. <laughs> but I totally forgot because I'm absent-minded. <laughs> How did he, he had to have talked like that. That had to have been his normal voice. Because you try to fake that, you got a migraine in like two minutes and you're ready to pass out from lack of oxygen. Yeah, and I couldn't talk Ooh. for a week. <laughs> and we're also going to be discussing Wolf Lake, a very short-lived TV show on CBS, I, I believe from 2001, 2002. Uh, I, this was something sprung on me at the last minute. We were discussing this, but we never got the confirmation. So originally I just prepped for Werewolf. I watched every single friggin' episode of Werewolf, and I'm going to tell you right now, stop at the pilot. Stop now. Don't go any further. It's dangerous. It's, don't walk on the moors. <laughs> did you did you go beyond I did, the movie? I, I, I went beyond the movie, <clears throat> but I kind of jumped around in the in the season. So I went from okay, now he's on doing his thing. He left. He left town. He's going to do his thing. To all of a, he's like really established now. And anyway, I, it, it's a night and day difference to me. It seems like okay, now he's just this young kid, and all of a sudden he's this seasoned. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah, seasoned pro. Anyway. Right, there you go. The, uh, Whatever. Anyway. Um, I'm going to say this. With uh, with the World TV show, it's funny. This is the 30th anniversary of Fox. Uh, I can't believe that it's been long enough that we're like, oh, yeah, I remember being there. Did you watch Fox, like, that first day? I did. Married I can't children. remember a thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> it was Married Children. Well, they promoted the hell out of it because I was a big fix, uh, Fox 55. Remember it was Super 55? Yes. This is back when I was hardcore into everything they were showing because they always showed the oddball stuff, the stuff that usually failed everywhere else or was like older reruns. My afternoon after school would be... Actually, hold on. Let's rewind. It was Happy's Place first. Yes. The minute school got out, Froggy's Pad in the Morning, where you watched all your great cartoons, Transformers, yeah, Jojo, Froggy. <laughs> Thundercats, uh, Silverhawks, stuff like that. And... Uh, after that, it would usually be reruns of, like, Little House of Prairie, WKRP, Small Wonder. What the hell were we watching that show for? <laughs> that show was terrible. It was terrible, but we were what? How old? Eight, I think. <laughs> we're not. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't age ourselves. Anyway, um, moving on. Uh, and, and basically it was like that. And it was like low-rent movies that were, you know, like old and tired or like, you know, the cult movies. Like, let's just say this. Miss in Action played a lot on this channel. Uh, but in 1987, Fox comes around and says, hey, we're going to start a night of programming. Oh, guess what? We're going to give you two nights of programming. Uh, Future would sh uh, show that no one gave a shit about Saturday. Sundays, <laughs> I believe it was 21 Jump Street was the first thing. Uh, 21 Jump Sorry. Married with Children. I want to say open how? No, duets. Duets? Duets. Duet. Whoa. That was a good one. Then it spun off into open house. There was Tracy Ullman's show and the Gary Shandling show, and that was it for Sundays. And then on Saturdays, it was Beans Baxter, which I adored. Um, <laughs> then it was Werewolf, which the two together made no sense. And then it was Mr. President, and I want to say it was like Second Chances with Matthew Perry, where that guy died and came back to Earth to visit his younger self and kind of give him guidance throughout life. Do you remember the, any of these shows? Yeah, well quite a few of them but second chances matthew perry was in that yeah that was his first thing and then the uh star of the show the one who went back in time to talk to his younger self died of a heart attack and or it was cancer i can't remember 
But uh, then they recast it, I think, as Boys Will Be Boys. It only lasted like eight more episodes. And uh, basically it was Matthew Perry and his friends all hanging out. Huh. Really short-lived. Most of these shows were short-lived, or they were from other networks. Like Gary Shandling and Tracy Ullman, I believe, were Showtime shows. And then they came over to Fox. Saturday Nights was a disaster. Nothing lasted. And uh, Werewolf is the only show that people seem to remember. And that was 28 episodes... And I'm going to say this. Uh, I'm shocked they made it that far because every episode kind of seems the same. The same? Yeah. Same it, premise, at least. It, it's the Hulk premise. It is the exact thing. It's uh, all of this creature's out of control. He does good things, even though he's, he's sold as a uh, rage monster. You know, the werewolf and an incredible hawk. But they always seem to do right. good things. And then, you know, the next episode, he hits the road again because someone's after him. But he's also hot on the... Well, hot on the trail of the original. Yeah, that that's true. So Werewolf is a little bit different because he has a mission, whereas uh, David Banner, still can't believe they changed David Banner. They thought Bruce was too gay. It was a gay name. Bruce? What? <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, tell, tell my brother-in-law that. Anyway. <laughs> don't tell Bruce Campbell that. He'll have a fit. <laughs> right? He'll show him his boomstick. That also no, that's not that's not a, a reference to his penis. No. <laughs> Let's hope not. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so the the original pilot is the reason why the show has never been released on DVD. Four or five years ago, Fox, uh, no, 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 I'm sorry, Sony owns the rights. They aired it on Fox. This is before Fox, like you know, started promoting their own shows. They right. uh, they licensed the rights out to Shout Factory, but Shout Factory couldn't get music clearance. And really, the only episode that has any songs in it is that opening pilot. There's like three or four songs. I think uh, the big one is My Future's So Bright, I Gotta Wear Shades. <laughs> I, I think it would have been better if they had played Sunglasses at Night. Yeah. But then, you know, we never get that song out of our heads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I would say if you were going to watch this show in a marathon, take a drink every time he says the word Scorzini, and you'll be plastered <laughs> by episode three. Right. Have you seen Scorzini? He's got an eye patch, and he's old, and he looks like the guy from The Rifleman. <laughs> and his name's Scorzini. In case you didn't hear me. Is it? Oh, this is an Italian restaurant. Do you guys serve Scorzini? <laughs> it's close enough. We serve it at Scorzini's. It's got one meatball. <laughs> that's the, that's the one huge meat. Anyway, um, um, I, I would say this. The werewolf costume shocked me when I discovered it was made by Rick Baker because, frankly, when they show it, really, like, really show it, it looks kind of goofy. Yeah. Well, they did a whole lot of Dark Shadow stuff in this one. Yeah. Not Didn't the TV show shine. Dark Shadows, the filming of it. No, 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 no. Yeah. But, I don't know, I really, you know, when it comes to it, I really enjoyed the movie part. And I was expecting a whole lot more after that. But it seemed like they already did what they needed to do in the movie. They could have extended the movie and just left it as a movie. You know what I mean? It, yeah, they could have done it as a series of movies. Do you remember how they did that with Hercules? There was like five or six movies, and I think there was a Vanishing Sun was that martial arts one. They did like four or five mm -hmm. movies, uh, and then they would go to series to see if the audience right. was going to last. And I would, I would have enjoyed it more if they had spent more money on just a few movies here and there to get the story across. You're talking like a half hour of really condensed story. At least it's only a half hour. But you can tell right. there's maybe $300,000 to shoot this. It's like, it looks like it's in Canada. It's got three cast members. And one, you know, Scorzini only shows up every once in a while. So basically, it's, uh, 
Eric Cord is the main character. Oh, I can't remember his name all of a sudden. Uh, guy was on General Hospital, damn it. John J. York. Thank you. John J. York, which most people, my mother doesn't even remember him being on General Hospital, but he was on for years. I do, actually. Yes, I watched General Hospital. We, um, yeah, we, 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 you and I have discussed this, that we're like the only two men that have ever watched General Hospital as teenagers. Well, the nice thing about General Hospital, they had a little more of the, it had that spy element, and, and when it, it was a little different than others. Yeah. Well, but, he was Scorpio's brother, and I remember, you know, Scorpio right. was a huge thing around this time. And you remember Jack Wagner, you know, he had that huge song, and I think a lot of people watching General Hospital just wouldn't admit it. Well, I, it started off, you know, of course your mom watches it, so... There's nothing. There's only one TV in the house. If we're gonna watch TV, anyway. Let's just say this: my mother would tape it, tape all of them until the tape deteriorated because you know they're they're doing five episodes a week. I mean that's a lot of recording and catching up on the weekends. So you know, it's not like a normal TV show. Uh, Chuck Chuck Connors plays Scorzini. uh, Scorzini. Um, I thought that he died. During the filming of this, and that's why they had to replace him. It says here that he wanted to just renegotiate his contract for more money, and uh, I, I didn't know that. And then they just cast Brian Thompson, the uh, wonderful Brian Thompson, who you don't really see much of anymore, but because no. he's always buried in makeup, like on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But he, it, most people probably remember him from Fright Night Two or Lionheart. Um, I'm trying to remember something else. He, uh, Three Amigos. He's one of the German guys mm-hmm. at the end. He's in Star Trek or quite a few different Star Treks as well. Yeah, he's uh, you know, he posted recently because we're friends on Facebook. He posted uh, that he's going to be uh, on another spaceship. He's now in that new TV show from the guy who did Family Guy. Um, I'm having an amnesia hmm. day where I can't remember anybody's name. I'm getting old, everybody. What? What? No. <laughs> Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane. I don't know. Why I couldn't remember. Okay. That. But yeah, he says he's back at the helm, <laughs> back on a, another sp- uh, spaceship. So he's done quite a few TV shows buried in makeup. That's probably why you may not recognize that name. Um, I right. can't imagine being drowned in that stuff. Him and Ron Perlman, you know, they've done so many roles right. buried in makeup, and I would just be suffocating. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I didn't know for the. It was until. What was it? Oh, shoot. <laughs> Hell, what's, what's that Ron Perlman movie? Hellboy. Hellboy. That's it. Yeah. Until I started looking into deeper into that movie, I didn't realize that he was uh, the Beast. What? No. I did not. How did I you did not, not know that? That's how he's. Fa- <laughs> well, here's shit. the thing. When I watched it back then, yeah. I I knew then obviously, but I didn't know who Ron Perlman was at that point. And then years have passed, and it just didn't put click anyway. Wow, I'm I'm shocked at this. <laughs> I know. I know. I that's sad. <laughs> that's another TV show around this time period that I'm interested in watching. I've seen a couple of episodes, but it always seemed kind of like more uh, character-based than action-based, and my attention span's always been kind of terrible. <laughs> I mean, that's why I have a problem with Werewolf, because it's a lot of character stuff, not so much on are the you action. T- you talking about the uh, Perlmans? Yeah, the I- I've seen a little bit yeah. of the new one, and I could care less about that, the teeny bopper yeah, version. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm talking, yeah, the Linda Hampton, Ron Perlman one that everybody was crazy about. I'm curious about that one. Yes, it was really good. I thought it was, at least. Well, this is when sci-fi really had no money on television. Now, I'm shocked. I watch an episode of Flash, and it looks like a $50 million movie every episode. And there's no way they could have done anything like that on television back then. No. But I think when you got Marvel rolling in the dough... Yeah. It helps. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at this. Frank Lupo is the creator, and I know that name, and you know that name because we've discussed some of his shows on our other podcast that we did before this. 
Full Throttle podcast. Uh, he is a co-creator of Battlestar Galactica, which we mm-hmm. need to do on this show. We need to do... Uh, what's the other one that I saw? Oh, he didn't do Buck, uh, Buck Rogers. I thought that was the same thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, we got The Greatest American Hero. Totally need to discuss that. That's a fun show. Yes! Uh, otherwise, the shows that we did discuss on other podcasts, The A-Team, Riptide, Stingray, and that's about it. He still does work. It's been a little while. He did Painkiller Jane was the last TV show that he did. Uh, he did a really cool sci-fi show called Something Is Out There that uh, me and Andrew are going to be discussing later down the road. But the guy awesome. did so much for like a decade. He must be rolling the dough just from syndication money. So I, I didn't realize... Okay, I'm just looking at his page real, real quick. didn't realize he did the new movie, 18 movie. Am I right on that? Well, or did somebody it, misquote this? It, what, what's, it he's is, a writer. Okay, so technically uh, Stephen J. Cannell and Frank Lupo... They own the rights because by this time Stephen J. Cannell was paying for the episodes out of pocket and then the studio would reimburse him most of it and then he had the rights to syndication. So he's the one who's able to put stuff out on disc. He's the one that's able to put them out um, you know, on Hulu and, and Netflix and stuff like that uh, in cooperation okay. with whoever distributed it. Whereas he owns 21 Jump Street and shows around that time all his wise guy he owns completely. Um, but A-Team, it's produced by Universal, but... They have to give him screen credit and a payment uh, as part of the licensing fee for making the movie. So, he did not write it. I believe it's Joe Carnahan and um, Brian Bloom are the writers. They're just the ones who originated the characters and the, and the concept. That's weird. So, so, you got him credited as a writer. That, that threw me off. Okay. Well, nifty. Yeah, so, Werewolf, I, I think you have to be patient with that first movie because... You know the scene where his best friend, uh, Raphael Shabarj, is mm-hmm. telling him the whole backstory of what happened and why it took so long and the fact that he's going to change and he can't he can't just change. He's going to be kind of twisted because he's been werewolf long enough that he can no longer fight the the blood surge, the urges to destroy other people. That right. takes a while. So I wonder, yeah, I wonder what would happen. Well, I guess if eventually they'll end the season when they kill the guy, but... You may never get to that point. Who knows? But. No, it doesn't. And that's the thing that was disappointing with it is, first off, they promise you in the first like 13 episodes that he's going to be increasingly um, erratic in his behavior. And when he turns into the werewolf, he'll no longer be safe. He can't make those choices anymore. Because you see yeah. in that first chunk where he has to tie himself up, he has to protect himself from other people. And then all of a sudden, by the last chunk, it's, oh, he's a good werewolf, and he's doing all these great deeds. He's surrounded by people. The very last episode, and and they kind of lead up to the fact that he's going to kill Brian Thompson's character, who is now the real leader, not Scarzini. And nothing happens. It ends with him like being trapped in an uh, old folks' home or an insane asylum, and he's literally standing in a room with a bunch of them, and he's like, I'll save you! I mean, he doesn't say that, but, you know, he just knocks down the door and gets them to freedom. <laughs> and I'm like, why does this BS? And the show's over. That's it. That was the final episode. Did they know it was going to end? I don't think they did. I, I bet you they thought it was going to continue. But I always feel like networks, by law, <laughs> should be required to wrap every story up. If yes. you're going to cancel a show, by law, you all go to prison. All these executives go to prison for a year if you don't finish a TV show. Just do one wrap-up episode. Seriously. So many TV shows, like, okay, we know it's kind of ending. You know what? We'll give you three more episodes. Finish this off. No. Sometimes they just leave you hanging. Jerks. Just give us three episodes or at least give us an ending movie or something. You know, just 
don't know. I never finished Quantum Leap, but apparently that ended on a cliffhanger, and they were always planning on movies, and they never did. And I was like, lame! I hated the way that ended. (sighs) That was five years to prepare. You think they would give audiences something. I can see maybe if a TV show is only 13 episodes, and like, oh, oh, crap. Um, hmm. Uh, we didn't expect this. We don't have time to wrap this up, you know. But if you're on for five years, you know, go in debt. Just go in debt. Finish this the damn thing for people. Right. I don't know. I'd have bought the DVDs. They would anyway. Yeah. Uh, forty four hundred. Forty four hundred <laughs> never ended properly. V. Right. Now V. They knew that the series was kind of dying off, so they cut cat half the cast about um, fifteen episodes in, and then on the last episode they wrap things up tentatively there still could have been a loophole if they did if the show got renewed but they kind of yeah. wrap up that story instead of leaving you hanging yeah i'm with you on the 4400 it, it, it seems to be a more and more of a, a ongoing thing these days and it really peeps me off yeah uh, well the nice part is it seems like tv shows now are interconnected like they'll let studios you know how vegas vegas ended on a cliffhanger mm-hmm. And they never wrapped it up. And then all of a sudden, the guy who was running that show started running the new Knight Rider. And he threw in an mm-hmm. Easter egg showing that the couple, you know, Danny and, um, shoot, the blonde girl, whatever, they were in that casino with, you know, Michael Knight. And they have their baby, and they're walking by real quietly and happy and stuff like that. So it kind of gives you a little bit of a taste of how the show ended. Something. Right. Now with the DC <laughs> Universe, I don't think it's possible to really leave a cliffhanger because you can just wrap it up on another TV show. That works. And how many people notice? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, let's, let's bury it here. Anyway. I think this damaged Fox for a little while that they didn't bother to do any more sci-fi for a couple of years, and then they did Alien Nation. Now, Alien Nation ended pretty quickly, one season, but they did five movies to keep the, go- the story going. Werewolf yeah. Man, they just like, nah, we're, we're good. And I think I think they should have just done one more. Would have been nice, yes. Now, what the, did, uh, go ahead, sorry. How soon after this did... John York go into something else. I think he immediately went into uh, Steel and Lace, which is a cyborg vigilante kind of movie. Yeah. And then on to General Hospital. That's what I thought. Was it, was it Port Charles? Yeah. It says he's here on a couple of the different spinoffs of that as well. Port Charles and then Night Shift, I think the other one was, or something like that. Yeah, it's amazing how long General Hospital has gone on. <clears throat> Well, I think all of them have probably... I don't think the, any of them have ever actually ended. No, no. Well, most of these soap operas are dying off, or they're getting shorter. I've noticed some are now a half hour long. General Hospital seems yeah. to be the pinnacle of all those uh, soaps. I was looking at a rank. I was looking at stats on it. Uh, general, uh, about him being in there, and I saw a little graph that showed the popularity of General Hospital, and it was drastically dropping down. But. Well, you're talking during the 80s. It was epic. It was like one of those things where everybody wanted to be on it. Elizabeth Taylor, of all people, showed up for an arc. Right. Well, you know. It gave us, uh, what, Janine Turner, John Stamos, Rick Springfield, Jack Wagner. Try to think of anybody else who came from that. Okay, here's something. I throw in, It's throwing me off for a second. All My Children. I'm looking at this. I see. Known for All My Children as Malcolm Max Scorpio. Is there a crossover of these? They, they're they on the same network, so they might have done some sort of crossover. ABC's pretty fond of doing that. I remember they did that with Drew Carey. Huh. Interesting. Anyway. There was a, a comic book of this by Blackthorn Publishing, a very small independent company. 
And I thought it was incredibly lame that all they did was take the scripts from the episodes and adapt them into comic book form. And I'm like, why didn't you do stories that you couldn't afford on a TV budget? That's so dumb. They missed a big opportunity there. Yeah, they could have expanded the mythos. Like, uh, I was a huge fan of the Fright Night comic book, and they were always doing stories that were too difficult to do on film. I mean, mind you, there's only two films, but... You know, right. they're creating all these giant bat creatures and, and demons and stuff like that. That would have been very expensive. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at that. You were talking about how bad the costume was, how goofy it was. Yeah. I'm looking at, at images here, and it's actually full broad daylight, and it looks like he's got crossed eyes. And... <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm the werewolf. You better run. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just smiling. What are you running for? Do I have poop in my fur? I hate that. (laughs) Nobody wants to be my friend. What are the rules on werewolves for you? Does it have to be silver? Oh, man. I'm old school. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. It has to be silver. You can't... uh, I hate it when they're just like, oh, we just use regular bullets. It's just, uh, you know, they don't heal anything. They're just, you know dead right over there we're good (laughs) every one of these man turned something else has to have something special to take it back at it i think yeah it can't be just normal whatever well they push the uh the idea that um it has to be by a loved one because he it's kind of awkward too the way he pushes it in the movie you're like got it dude your best friends you love each other stop saying and we got the points (laughs) that you're getting weird now Uh, he should have just said that he goes ask me by someone who loves you hey uh awkward question but uh how much do you like me oh not at all i should probably go you hate me i'm oh i'm a shitty roommate i got okay i'll go find somebody else in that case just sit right there for about anyway. <laughs> yeah let me just I, I can use a new roommate anyway i'm gonna raise the rent <laughs> <laughs> what happened to steve uh, who <laughs> oh, got shot in my tooth. Uh, <laughs> Time for me going to Craig's. Let's reboot that ad. <laughs> and do you think the re- rules of full moon? Does it have to be a full moon? I think you could loosely play around that. Maybe I don't know, but yeah, there's a there's know. a movie uh, called Wolves from three years ago from the guy that yeah. wrote uh, the Watchmen movie and X Men Two, I believe. David Hayter, um, he did one where it's uh, if you're bit by a werewolf, you don't have as much powers. You can't just transform willy-nilly. It, uh, it can right. only be during the full moon, and you're never a full wolf transformation. You're kind of like the, uh, you remember the Jack Nicholson movie, the wolf, that kind of yes. transformation. You can't turn to a full wolf. But if you're right. born one, then uh, it does require silver. It does uh, allow you to transform whenever you want, and you are a full wolf. And it really, that's always what I thought it would be. If you were born one, then you should be, like, genetically enhanced. Like, you could do things that yes. the bitten can't do. Right. Like like Teen Wolf, where he could get to the point where he could just wolf out anytime he wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was funny. It was great. But, yeah. <laughs> do you, you think your dingus gets hairy? Do, do you think it gets, like, a fur coat? I don't know about that. I really never gave that much thought. Seriously. Ah, I gotta shave that. Oh no. Hey, happening. I think I enjoy uh, that voice. Hi, everybody. Uh, 
Um, <laughs> the other thing that I was thinking is um, that my brain went on vacation. I can't remember what I was talking about. <laughs> Son of a biscuit. Um, the transformation. Uh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, the thing on his hand. <laughs> the little pentagram that showed up, which I think is new to the mythos. I don't recall that ever being in anything else. Right. Well, I called it a curse for whatever reason. I guess that would be your mark, I guess. I don't know, but I don't know. You would think that uh, that's, constantly... that's something I could do with, I could live with or without it. He could, it feels like he would have ruined a lot of clothes. Like he was, a, he was hitchhiking everywhere. He just basically had a backpack full of clothes and constantly like, oh, this one's covered in blood again. Shit. <laughs> no one's going to hire me. Damn, damn it. <laughs> They're always I'm getting jobs too. It's just ridiculous how easy the guy jobs. Now you have to go through these loopholes where you're like, uh, what are your favorite hobbies? What is your past 10 years of work? Uh, I need 18 references and a blood sample. Would you say you're a people person? Or... <laughs> well, I'm an eat people person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love people. People are... <clears throat> anyway, next question. They're delicious with barbecue sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did I say that out again? <laughs> I'll see myself out. <laughs> They come back in with a fake mustache that you grew with your werewolf fur. Oh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm his brother, Stan. <laughs> werewolf, hey, did that come up? The complete series on DVD. What? Nah, Is this on boot, DVD? It's bootleg, dude. There's no way, because Shop Factory had to cancel. They couldn't get the music rights. That's what I thought. This looks photoshopped. So. All right. Bummer. All right, I want to talk about my favorite character from this before we go. All right. Alamo Joe by Lance Gall. Uh, yep. This man has the greatest voice in film ever. Well, I can't do it. No, I'm Agent <laughs> Ford. This is Agent Decker. We're after the A-Team. Right. <laughs> Airwolf. I know. <laughs> Let me see if I can find the opening to Airwolf in narration because that's the best way to do it. So that's the only way I see him anymore. He's done a lot of great work. Don't get me wrong. But I grew up with the A-Team, so that's the only way I really see him. Uh, I'm sorry. Did you know he's, he was a country he's singer? Decker. What's that? He was a country singer before he became an actor. Seriously? Look up his album, and uh, frankly, the cover of his album makes you think he's going to stab you the second you start listening. Like, oh, you're distracted by the music, <laughs> aren't you? I'm going to gut you. It's disturbing how like tough he is at all times. <laughs> Good deal keeping man. All right. I'll have to look that up on YouTube. Oh, wow. There's that cover. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he should be like Manson's brother. I know, right? It's like, let's do these love songs. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna gut you when you're done. <laughs> Is this a mug shot? <laughs> oh my gosh! Of course, he always looks that way. Every picture, everything he does, he's got that. I'm, I'm I feel like I'm gonna poop now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so constipated. That's why I'm so angry. Remember <laughs> that. <laughs> this is Agent Ford. Oh, I'm Agent Decker. Where's your something? Where's your can? I gotta go. <laughs> Lots of fiber. Sorry, Lance. We love you. Um, is he still alive? <laughs> no, he passed away a couple years ago. But man, he was a okay. tough old bird. He was in this movie about yeah. ten years ago, and you could see he was almost cadaverous. He's like, because uh, he's driving a tanker through his action sequence, and everybody's like shooting at him. He's like, I don't give a shit. I'm almost dead anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That was uh, another person character. Oh, Ethan Phillips was in that, at least the, in the movie. What movie? He was in the uh, werewolf movie. Oh, okay. I think you, were, uh, you said Ethan Phillips, not Emo Phillips. The guy. No. <laughs> Today no. we're going to do some. 
Uh, shoot, I can't even remember his name now. I've been watching Voyager lately, and for the life of me, I can't remember his name. We're talking Voyagers, like, my favorite sci-fi TV show of all time, correct? Or Star Trek? No, Voyager. Oh, I wish I was, but no, Voyager, Star Trek. Oh, like, is that any good? I've never seen it. I've never seen Deep Space Nine or Voyager. Uh, I barely watched oh, Enterprise. When, when Deep Space Nine came on, I watched it religiously, beginning to end. But Voyager, for whatever reason, I stopped somewhere in the middle and then started watching episodes in the end. So, you know what? I probably ought to start. Anyway. Well, we were in college by then. When, when right. Voy- That's the one with uh, Janeway, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I remember was- they made a big deal out about um, the blonde lady. She was a Borg became good uh for, yeah six um, of nine or something like that weird name seven of nine seven of nine can't remember her name offhand but star trek and here while, while you're doing that i want to play oh, lance Agol's narration from airwolf because it's just so amazing do it this briefing is from file 856-7w classified top secret subject is airwolf system in the air today. It has been hidden somewhere in the western United States by its test pilot, Stringfellow Hawk. Hawk has promised to return Airwolf only if we can find his brother, Sinjin, an MIA in Vietnam. We suspect that Archangel, deputy director of the agency that built Airwolf, is secretly helping Hawk in return for Hawk's flying Airwolf on missions of national concern. Stringfellow Hawk is 34, a brilliant combat pilot and a recluse since his brother's disappearance. His only friend is Dominic Santini, whose air service is the cover for their government work. Falcon Santini flying as a team at speeds rivaling the fastest jets, backed by unmatched firepower. Airwolf is too dangerous to be left in unenlightened hands. Finding it is your first priority. He sounds like he should narrate every Stomper commercial ever. ever <laughs> yeah, I feel like he should narrate every. Uh, you remember Bigfoot, the toy Bigfoot? Yes. <laughs> It'll go over every single rock. Nothing's gonna stop Bigfoot. He's gonna kick your ass. <laughs> and then roll over it. Um, yeah. Jerry Ryan, that was seven and nine. All right, you know what? I'm thinking about this now. I think it's bad for us to discuss Wolf Lake until I actually watch it again. It's only like seven episodes. I have I have access to them. I think it's seven episodes. I'm with you on May thirteenth. I've only watched a couple episodes of it anyway, so probably up if I got caught up again. Yeah. So we'll do that in another episode. Um, I'm not sure if there's any really anything else to say about Werewolf. The original pilot, actually, I think most of the episodes are up on YouTube since it's been kind of lost. They're, they're crummy quality. They are VHS. Uh, yeah. But check out the movie. There's a few episodes here and there that are pretty good. The Halloween episode is excellent. But otherwise, it's, it feels like a lot of just stall. You know, just like, we got to pad out five seasons. Let's just, you know, slow things down. Right. No. <laughs> just end it and get it over with. Yeah. Huh? Well, I like the way TV tv shows are now it's a lot of limited series you know they wrap things up they know that there's a finite end instead of just like we'll just go until people are sick of us and we get canceled yeah <laughs> i keep expecting big the bang most... theory or csi or all the oh csi actually is over some of these shows go on for like 12 15 years and you're like oh god stop it is every csi over i think so i think it's finally all done uh, law and order yeah, still going. On special victims unit apparently everybody in new york has now been a victim right <laughs> Well, that doesn't surprise me. No. <laughs> what is the other one? Uh, what's the one with Mark Harmon that's been on forever? NCIS? Mark Harmon, that's crap. That is, that is NCIS. That is a lot of letters flying around. SVU, NCIS, CSI. NCIS. That's a- the Navy one, right? ABC, BBD, JAG. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, JAG is Navy. I thought NCIS was 
also military based. Well, Jag um, gave birth to NCIS. It's a spinoff. Okay. And then there's three gotcha. NCISs because there's one in New Orleans, there's one in uh, Timbuktu, uh, and then there's one in uh, somewhere else. I don't know. There's a lot of them. Ligonier, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> there's two cast members and they have one episode. It was just a spinoff. Like, all right, we solved all crimes. Let's retire. We're done. Jimmy Chase and Dan Aykroyd are worst spies for the government. They were so terrible, they got <laughs> switched over to the new NCIS. Uh, Lincoln, what was it? What town? Ligonier. Ligonier. Oh, you don't know that town, do you? No, uh, anyway. I, it sounds familiar, but I think I feel like you also made that up. Vincennes. <laughs> Vincennes. <laughs> They're on college patrol. Campus cops. <laughs> hey, what happened today? Nothing. Credits. <laughs> you know those big alien green pod things that fall out of the tree? A couple of kids were kicking them down the street. <laughs> yeah, we just threw it in the trash. I don't think there's anything to worry about. <laughs> hey, uh, you notice everybody's kind of disappeared recently? That might be your fault. Good going, stupid. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, now let me go bag and tag that swamp thing <laughs> that I found. <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I started thinking about the fact that there was all these like syndicated sci-fi shows in the 80s and 90s, and how some of them didn't have enough budget or story for a full hour, so they just did a half hour, which is weird, because right. you never see that now, but Swamp Thing was a half hour, Hitchhiker, um, Tales from the Crypt, Monsters, Werewolf, you know, all half hour, and you're just like, that's so strange, because they would never do that now. Right. Yeah, I question, uh, since we're on the wolf and spinoff type of thing. Y'all. We were talking about Teen Wolf earlier. Have you watched the new series? I've watched Teen a Wolf. couple episodes. I'm okay with it, but I feel like they ditched the heart of what made Teen Wolf so much fun. Right. That's kind of what I was like. They got a lot darker, obviously. But I don't know. I'm looking at it, and I saw that it says season six, so it's obviously doing all right. But... Yeah. Well, that kid uh, I... who played Styles, he now is the star of Maze Runner. You know, He's in all these movies now. So he must be out of the show. There's no way he's doing both at the same time. Right. Wait, Styles in the new Teen Wolf? Yeah. Oh, so this is actually a reinterpretation of it or something? Right. It's not a continuation. It's not like it's Michael J. Fox's kid. It's uh, okay. It reboots the whole franchise. Um, gotcha. But honestly, I'll, I'll take I'll take a boxing werewolf <laughs> with Jason Bateman any day. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Bateman, yeah. <laughs> I still can't anyway. believe that they, they, they were casting. They even cast Alyssa Milano, and they had the script ready for Teen Wolf 3, and it was going to be a female werewolf. And all of a sudden, they're like, no, let's not do this. We're broke. Shit. <laughs> so, what? When did they make the decision to do that? Was it before Teen Wolf 2 was released? Yep. Or, okay, that makes well, sense then. Remember back in the day, we used to get sequels <laughs> every year. We used to get a Friday right. the 13th, a Nightmare on Elm Street, a Police Academy, uh house you know they're all like a year apart and uh right. teen wolf 2 i'm pretty sure they were setting up three before two came out and it went from a 35 million dollar box office to 7.8 that's a huge drop so they're probably like "Ooh, let's just cut things now right this before video was like a big deal where they could just continue a franchise on video yeah like land before time 18 oh my god trevor's nine nine <laughs> Right. We've gone back in time with the first Tremor Worm, and it's eaten itself. Oh, my God. No, the next Tremors, I kid you not, they're actually going to be arming the Tremors. They're going to be using them as weapons. That's dumb. Just dumb. Wow. Let it go, guys. It, is uh, 
Keaton still in it? Uh, Gross? Michael Gross? Michael Gross, he's still in it? Yeah, they gave him like a cybernetic suit that he can still run away from. No, I'm kidding. Uh, he's still pretty active for, <laughs> I mean, he's got to be 70 by now. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Here's a weird thing. Is se- Jamie, 70 Jamie, right now. What's that? Yeah, it says he's age 70, exactly. Oh. Uh, Michael Gross is with Jamie Kennedy in the new sequels, and Jamie Kennedy looks worse and is in terrible shape uh, compared to Michael Gross. Whatever happened to Jamie Kennedy? He went to Tremors. <laughs> I, I think the mask, Tremors. too. Son of the Mask did him in, and then nobody wanted to cast him anymore. They're like, oh, this guy's terrible. Nope. That kind of sucks. All right, we're stalling here, everybody. Uh, I got to pee anyway, so I might as well wrap this up. <laughs> did, I, did I get poop in my fur again? Oh, damn. Oh, why won't anybody stay? <laughs> oh. All I'm going to do is eat your face. Delicious, delicious faces. What am I doing? I keep killing all my friends. Oh, I just want a hug. Why is everybody always pooping on me? Werewolf Brown. He's a clown. He'll carve you up and eat you up. Oh, man. Alrighty. Okay, everybody. Uh, I, don't have, I don't have a closing theme song, so let's just howl at the moon as we go out. Uh, oh. <laughs> 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 I even got lost. <laughs> hey, everybody. Check us out on Facebook under Retro Rock Entertainment. We also set up a group page for all these great episodes. And also, hey, you know what? Uh, the gang at Above the Airwaves are killing it. They're putting out an episode every single week. We are slow. So uh, they've been doing newer TV shows. We're going to do older TV shows. I, they own the uh, basically the last 20 years, and we're going to own everything before that. And, Sweet. Uh, thankfully, they're around to keep the show going because we are slow as snails. <laughs> okay, back to we'll Helen. We'll work on it. Oh! <laughs>